Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. I just think we were prepared. You know, one thing my uh, my trainer, he told me, he said, what did he say? He just told us to be prepared. <sighs> All right. It like, was wait, in wait, the men's section. Girl shirt button on the other yes. side. Yes. <laughs> yeah, figured it Flash out. Flash is wearing a girl shirt. Flash. It's a me, a man, it's a Garcia. Go the Hornets. How about those friggin' pirates? There's local politics, bud. Boom, boom, boom. Now let me say well. You are terrible. And stop playing that song. Clip. Hey, man, good to see you, brother. Did not flub at all. Send it in. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Welcome in to a no-flub Friday and a free beer Friday here on Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here. Hey, the sun came out to play today. Still a chilly one here in eastern North Carolina. Thanks for tuning in on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. You can find us on 1250, 930. Also online, PR927FM.com. And you can watch the show and be a part of the show on Facebook Live and YouTube. It is Pirate Radio on-air personality appreciation day so show your appreciation by giving us likes and uh if you are a youtuber that checks out our show and has not yet subscribed to pirate radio tv make sure you do that as well you can see this program the brian bailey show all of our pre and post game chats with mike schwartz pretty soon you'll see a lot of content from clark leclair stadium as the pirate baseball team will begin their 2023 season in two weeks two weeks away from the first pitch george washington will sail into town and uh, take on east carolina so man it is right around the corner after today just one more friday between uh, now and the start of ecu baseball season so uh, we'll start talking more and more about that on the program especially on monday when we open back up the players lounge looking forward to talking to jacob jenkins cowart lane hoover and josh moylan coming up on monday's edition of pirate radio live today we will talk some football some hoops and uh, maybe we'll get in a little baseball talk as well. Brian North will join us coming up in about 20 minutes to get you ready for the sports weekend. A lot of college hoops to discuss. We'll talk about what's going on in the NFL. I'm doing great, Cliff. I hope you um, That is a preview of a Cy Seymour interview that we'll be hearing coming up in uh, hour number two of today's show. We call that a little sneak peek, just a little taste. We thought you might want to hear from Cy. You didn't want to wait till next hour. So I wanted to uh, give you that right there. Thank you for that, Charlie. Uh, that's coming up in... In hour two tony dunn coming up in hour two as well morgan aylers will be uh, appearing in hour three and mark greenhelge hour three of the show uh chandler honeycutt and the pirate radio crew was getting audio from mike schwartz earlier today we got video and audio of that so we'll hear from coach schwartz as east carolina gets ready to take on smu on Saturday. Let me welcome in Shirley Rhodes and Chandler Honeycutt to the program. Hello, Chandler. There was no flub. There no is flub. No, send it. No flub. Send it. There was no Sorry. flub. Sorry. Name that sound. I'm going to go saucy more. Saucy more. <laughs> Great edition of Name That Sound on Thursday show. If you missed that, you can check it out on Facebook, YouTube, or in podcast form. By the way, let me answer your question. I'm doing great, and I hope you are as well on this fine Friday. Finally, son! Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday was all crappy weather days, and today we finally get some sunshine. Here comes the sun. Here 
here comes the sun and I say it's all right. It is nice. It puts a little smile on the face, a little pep in the step, yes. a little gas in the tank. Indeed. I wish you put gas in the tank. I do too, because those <laughs> prices, let me tell you. Let buddy. me tell you. I mean, gas prices nowadays? Have are we, you kidding have me? Have we talked inflation? Have we talked about the economy on this show yet? Should we? Yeah. I don't think so. Let's dive into it now. 317 1250. What's your take? <laughs> All right. Uh, what do we want to discuss on this Friday? Not going on much in uh, ECU land. No games from last night to recap. No. There is a game tomorrow to preview. We do not have a line on said game. Do we have a line? Uh, well, ECU women play at UCF tomorrow, so uh, yeah, we don't have a line. don't have a line yet. No. Okay. So we got men at home, women on the road. <laughs> That's how I like it. Guys night. <laughs> Guys weekend. <laughs> Guys weekend. Girls the girls are, are gone. Yep. The girls are on the road. Can let loose. <laughs> let dudes be dudes, man. So, uh, yep, Chandler, I will see you tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Yes, sir. In Section 213? Section 213. Chandler, Chandler's a rover. He'll be on the court. He'll be 213. He'll I, be everywhere. I usually start uh, the game down in the bottom bowl, uh, getting videos of them coming out, getting the uh, the starting lineups, which is very bright nowadays with no lights going off. But uh, it is awkward. I, I Getting being down there and getting the starting lineup is cool because I'm right behind the bench. But it's better when the lights are off and like everybody's more paying attention to what's going on with the starting lineups. But with the lights, like I'm just one random guy like with the bright lights, and they're probably like thinking, "Who is this guy just standing behind the bench getting video?" But yeah, and then I make my way up to section two thirteen and sit with old Clipper and whoever's up there with us, and uh, then I might bounce around. It's a good old time. So. Cool neat story. Uh, Chad has a question, and I know the answer for everyone on the show. The question is, just wondering, did anyone watch the Pro Bowl stuff last night? No. No. A little bit. Oh, a little bit for sure in terms in of? Terms of <laughs> in terms of the punt catch, catching competition. Oh, and what a thriller that had that to was, be. That was awesome. Did they catch him? There was one guy that caught five balls. What was his name? Who was that? Who was that guy? I was, <laughs> was it pro- your trainer? It was some Who was that masked man? <laughs> I, it was just my trainer. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, it sounds like he was prepared. Maybe TJ Watt, I believe. Wait, oh, so they didn't have punt returners? They had non-punt returners. Yes, doing? they had oh. offense. They had offensive linemen doing. Oh, and defensive linemen. And, and defensive linemen. Yeah. The only thing I saw that came out of that was the uh, social media clip. I think that's what everything is for these days. You. You have all these events. And That's where everybody's at. It's just to make one little clip online. And like you would do that for our show. We have a three-hour show. Not every second of this show is earth-shattering. Let's be honest. Not every second of the show is worth turn, tuning into. In fact, for the next five seconds, we're just going to have nothing on this show. Ready, go. All right, thank you. That's a good example of, hey, you come to this show, you're going to get a lot. Sometimes you're going to get nothing. At all. Not, like, not a single thing. But you're going to have a Mike Houston quote here. You're going to have a name that sound clip here. You're going to have a you know a, a segment, a laugh, a joke, an insight. I uh, sing along what we just did. That surely turns into promos. That's, like, that's what everything is now is you, you try to get that one little one, two-minute chunk 
put it out there on social media everybody retweets it talks about it and it becomes a thing and last night that was the Derek carr clip of the report was it ryan clark was this on espn mm-hmm. so i think it was ryan clark it's like the monday night or the sunday nfl countdown crew and he was saying man Derek, you you were on fire out there that's the best you've ever looked and he said yeah that's probably why i'll be playing for another team next year so <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> good one Derek. that was good it was a little self-deprecating humor there and uh that clip is floating around the internets but chad i did not watch it um i think it's neat the, the problem is like kids these days don't watch tv they watch youtube streaming and internets and stuff like that so like if i was a kid i would be okay if i was a kid in the time period that i was a kid i would be into this because i love the home run derby i love the dunk contest i i flipped on the pro bowl but I learned as an early age that this is not a good football game, so I'm not into it. But if they had this skill stuff on when I was a kid and I didn't have a million options like I do today, I would be into this stuff. Uh, there's my thoughts on it. Now you talk. Well, I mean, I think I, I like the uh, the different things that they're doing because the, the game itself just got to where it was just a joke. And uh, it's crazy where you think back to – Sean Taylor just absolutely destroying that punter. And what, last year you watched the Pro Bowl and it just the difference over the years. And now I'm glad they're at least trying to do something to make it interesting. And that's awesome. I'm a huge Sean Taylor fan, but like that shouldn't be happening in a Pro Bowl. No, absolutely not. And I totally agree. (laughs) That that's great. But for as much money and like as the, the guys make the value of them to their team as a fan i do not want to see guys getting laid out in the pro bowl i, I now totally you can't agree. even lay out guys in real football games right yeah, yeah like uh when i do want to see it on sundays uh during real games but, but. I also I, there's a there's a um uh event that they're doing with this and it's similar to the dunk competition i think it's like a catch competition like can you what style of catch can you do i think james connor won i think i saw where he did like a back, like a front flip and then caught the football that's fun but to me i'm, I'm still not going to tune in i just happened to be at aj's last night and it was on and i was like oh let me see what they're doing and what they were doing was the punt return competition so and i thought it was it's always cool seeing big guys trying to do athletic things i'm down for big fat people doing anything in life i applaud them uh jerry says come to pittsburgh we have 59 total days with total sunshine which includes partly sunny days the rest of the days are mainly overcast with at least 80 percent cloud cover no thank you i think he said the other day well, that it was gary. About, alaska's the same way they they only have a certain number of days where you have sunshine Shirley, I appreciate your insight but let me go back to this guy real quick excuse me i think he said the other day that it was gary I don't think he did. Do we have to do this again? I think it's Gary. I want to get his name right. Let's let's put. Don't disrespect me, bro. I think it's Jerry. I think he said it's Gary with a G, not a J, the other day. <laughs> I don't want you to call him the wrong name. Hold That's on. just disrespect. So what have I been calling him? Jerry. All right, and you're saying it's Gary. Gary. All right. What do you want to put on this? We got to make a wager loser don't look at facebook close it hold on what do it because gary or jerry jerry no i already saw it what is it 
It's Jerry, like Jerry. So the G is pronounced as a J. So, so who was right? You are. And who was wrong? Me. Okay. I can accept that. Oh, you you said that like I wasn't going to be able to accept that I was wrong. Well, you couldn't accept it the other day when he explained it. I read it as it's Jerry with a G. Oh, we can definitely see that his name is spelled with a G. Sure, we can all see that. But I want to know if it if it sounds like Gary or Jerry. We know. We knew the other day. We now know again. Can we please stop this discussion? I want to get to the bottom of this. We have gotten to it <laughs> twice. No, I know. And now we can stop because we got to the bottom of it. But I just wanted to get to the bottom of it. We can't go any lower. I'm touching the bottom. We started at the bottom and somehow we've gotten even lower. We, we got to get at least back to here. All right. Sorry, Jerry. I accepted that I was wrong, and I just apologized to Jerry. Jerry, I apologize on Chandler's behalf as well. Shirley, what were you saying about uh, depressing I think it was landscapes? Um, Alaska only has a certain number of days where you see sunshine. I'm on Google. Google that up. Least amount of sunlight. Um... Let's see, in U.S. The absolute least sunny county in the lower U.S. is Island County, Washington. On an average day, it gets about 60% of the solar radiation of a typical county in Southern California. So that's the lower. But yeah, Alaska just sounds absolutely brutal. But don't they have like times during the year where it's like light all day or something yeah like it's it's light all day and you have to like close your uh you got to fake yourself into thinking it's dark outside so you can go to sleep yeah because like in canada it doesn't start getting dark until almost 10 o'clock because when i was in toronto i had i had to use the blackout curtains because by like nine you know i if i went to bed early uh, it would it would still be light outside, and I have to use the blackout curtains. Another Canadian fact: they brush their teeth with maple syrup. <laughs> These, this I is, never met anyone who was truly Canadian that did that while I was there. Uh, I was only there for a few days. I haven't either, but I have drank a clearly Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> Chandler, you don't know a clearly Canadian, do you? I will say Tim Hortons is a fantastic, if you like coffee. I've drank Canada before. You've drank Canada? Is it a ginger ale? Canada dry? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you, you say, left off that dry part. You can't say I've drank Canada. Yeah, because that was a little weird. That sounded that cool like, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't that I sound did. cool? Yeah. Well. Clearly Canadian. If anybody could And apparently hook me Canadian up. whiskey is actually very good. Oh. I don't know the answer to that for sure. It's still In terms a thing. Of. Oh, is that the one with the little pellet thingies or whatever that weird thing is in inside the water bottle? No, I mean, it was just like fizzy water. There wasn't anything in there. Oh, but, I'm thinking it must. I'm thinking of a, a different type of water drink. Thing. Wow, they still make this. I guess it's just not what popular where we are. Clearly Canadian. Yeah, yeah, I've heard it before. Sparkling yeah. water. Uh, sparkling water just like is in the 90s, nasty to me. That was the thing. It was like well, everywhere. Sparkling water is a thing now, but griffin says nice fish tank hey griffin nice face <laughs> yeah griffin oh wait that was a compliment sorry griffin thank you for saying that 
All right, let's take a break. Wait, that's my buddy Griffin. You got a buddy? Named Griffin. And it's, wow. All right. Uh, Brian Skipper in the house. What's up, Skip? Josh Thomas says, I'm seeing an early line for tomorrow's game. Have you read that yet, Chandler? No, I haven't. All right, good. Guess that line, baby. All right. Early line, ECU hosting SMU. I don't know where Josh is seeing this early line, but according to Josh Thomas, what is that line? SMU is going to be favored by like three. You know what? That's the line of thinking I was on. I was going to say SMU two, two and a half. He, he says ECU by one. Wow. Well, how about that? Let's take a break. Susan Dean says, I'm not really certain what we were even talking about this segment. I'm confused. So am I, and I'm hosting the show. But when we return, I know we'll be talking sports with Brian North. That's on the way. Pirate Radio Live on a free beer Friday. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. The Dickinson Avenue Public House is a lively and diverse restaurant in Greenville that uses fresh and local ingredients. With influences of Creole, Asian, and upscale Southern cuisine, the Dickinson Avenue Public House offers a seasonally rotating menu and a full-service bar with rotating craft brews on tap. Come to the intersection of 8th and Dickinson and enjoy Dollar Oysters Tuesday through Thursday from 530 to 7. For more details, check out daphousenc.com. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Friday, a free beer Friday. And we got some goodies for you. We've got a 12-pack of Bud Light Apple and a 12-pack of Bud Light Cocktail Hour. Also, some other goodies we'll throw in. That can be yours if you are the lucky caller in hour number three of today's program. Let's head out to the Pirate Radio Live line now. Get you ready for your sports weekend with Brian North. He joins us today on Pirate Radio Live. North, how you doing, man? Doing good. Eating chips. So, sorry about that. Eating chips. What's your uh, chip of choice? Cool Ranch Doritos is on the menu today. <laughs> Can't beat it. Can't beat it. No, I, uh, I've had, I've really developed a refined taste over time, Brian, and uh, a palate, if you will. And uh, big fan of uh, of onions, which I was not as a child. And uh, as my flavor profile expanded, I found myself a big fan of the salt and vinegar chip. Yeah. Your thoughts? Yeah, and that's a good choice. I I, I think that's, uh, again, anything good, salty, uh, you know, that's what chips are all about. All right. This has been Chip Chat here on a Friday afternoon on Pirate Radio Live. Brian, uh, let's see. We'll start here locally. East Carolina baseball uh, now after today, just one Friday uh, until we get to the baseball season. So that is certainly on the horizon. ECU hoops back in action coming up. On Saturday at Menchie's Coliseum, Pirates coming off a road loss at South Florida, and uh, the loss is piling up here. You always said it, uh, that see what happens when this team gets into conference play. You combine tougher competition with no Javon Small, and here we are. Winnable game uh, coming up on Saturday 
against smu they only have three conference wins two of those coming against seller dweller tulsa so it should be a competitive game although last time we were in mengees it was the worst performance of the season at home getting uh, blown out by wichita state so we'll see uh, what happens when we show up to mengees on saturday yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think they're below 500 for the first time this year, I believe. And so kind of hit that, um, you know, been here, seen, there, seen this, done that before. So, and look, the small injury really was uh, something that hurt them. But uh, as the season wears on, you, you find out a lot about these uh, these teams, especially when you don't know much about them with the roster they had this year. So uh, now's the time to find out who wants to play in February, because when you don't have a lot to play for, uh, that's when you find out uh, who's really a part of your program and who's buying in. Yeah, and I mentioned this, uh, or Will talked to Sassy more about this, and this is very small, and this is not what fans want to hear and could be a waste of breath. But uh, I, the bench the other night uh, at South Florida into the game, they're up cheering for their teammates. Mike Schwartz going to coach his butt off. So they're going to, I think they're going to see this thing through. I know Schwartz isn't going to give up. And, and again, it, it's kind of, I don't know, maybe even corny, but. I like what I saw uh, from the bench the other night. I, I think they've got another win or two in them somewhere, maybe on Saturday. But I, I still see uh, interest, excitement, energy, despite these uh, L's piling up for the team. And this is an important part of the year for that, right? I mean, because you're talking transfer portal, you're talking recruiting, you're talking these things. And, and you still need to come up with some w- these wins down the stretch to stay relevant, to, to get your name out there. And, and Mike Schwartz has seemed to have done that a few times this year. I thought they were about ready to fold up and, and he's had them uh, rally and get a good performance. And in his first year, you know, he still has a, a lot of gas in his tank and wanting to, to prove some things. So, no, when you start looking at the, the minutia of this ECU football program or uh, basketball program, this is important. He's getting some of these wins because you've got to get better players in there in the future. So it's always important anytime you can put up victories. Brian North joining us, keeping an eye on ECU hoops this weekend, looking at ACC hoops, Brian. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I might have said this phrase, uh, this uh, to you in the past, but uh, kind of an off the radar, under the radar Duke Carolina matchup this year. Both teams not in the top twenty-five. I feel like I hear a lot of chatter about it going into a game. Have not heard much at all uh, about it going into this one. More about uh, the Pittsburgh uh, Capel UNC rivalry uh, than the Duke North Carolina rivalry. Well, the whole ACC kind of seems to be off the radar this year, right? When Clemson's leading the way here in February, <laughs> and, you know, I mean, that's kind of one of those deals where you're like, um, what are we looking at? And, and I think North Carolina and their fans still believe they can turn it on at any time like they did last year, and it really started with beating Duke, and so we'll see if they can still do that. And Duke's kind of been under the radar as well. They're, they're struggling on the road, but they're still undefeated at home. So they need to start stacking some wins here under John Shire. He's starting to get his name mentioned in a little more critical circles now with the job he's doing. He has some talent, but they've been losing some road games that uh, Duke fans are unaccustomed to. So, uh, look, I think for Duke, Carolina fans, it's still a big one, especially since they're, they're tied for, what, sixth in the ACC. And, and if anybody wants to make a run here of one of those two teams, uh, this is going to be a big one coming up. So um, I, I kind of sometimes like these Duke-Carolina games that aren't high on the national radar and are, are back to the old roots of uh, – uh, still big and within North Carolina. And Brian, uh, seems like during football season, we talk a lot of Wake Forest uh, football on our Friday chats. During this basketball season, I've brought up NC State quite a bit because they are fascinating. We're still just kind of waiting for them to collapse, but they're not. Uh, they are winning, and they have Georgia Tech. They're going to be big favorites coming up 
on uh, Saturday when they take on the Ramblin' Wreck. They're fourth right now in the ACC. It was uh, Burns, the big fella, getting it done uh, last weekend against Wake Forest. It was Traquavion Smith and everybody else against Florida State midweek. But now you start, I mean, you look at them as a real factor in this league. And unless they have a a complete NC State-like collapse, uh, they're going to be in the NCAA tournament. So big turnaround, and it was a, a, a big year for Kevin Keats to do that. Right, Brian? Oh, no, he was certainly on the hot seat. There was a lot of Wolfpack fans that wanted him out of there. Uh, he had a good, uh, did a really nice job of restocking that roster around Terquavion, and that was a blessing for him to get Terquavion back, who could have been drafted, but decided he wanted one more year in Raleigh. That seems to be paying off so far, injury notwithstanding. He's having a great year. It looked great the other night with 32. And, and if you know Terquavion a little bit, it's about winning for him, like he did at Farmville Central, and now... He can uh, leave after this year if they continue to have this good type of season and maybe make a little run here. But but you're always leery of NC State uh, with, with what they can do and turning things around and disappointing you in a hurry. But now that they're in that position, sitting there in fourth place, yeah, we're, in February, this is what we're going to find out. I don't know the last time they've been this high in the ACC, uh, the ACC standings this late in the season. Yeah. Yeah, you, you got to go back a ways, and uh, they are having success this year in what uh, Brian described as a wacky ACC, and I guess it's, uh, it's that way through the entire slate, uh, the entire landscape of college basketball with uh, Purdue, Tennessee, Houston, Alabama, your top four in the country, Arizona. Uh, they've had great years in the past, but just kind of a, a weird, uh, weird year, which is going to make for a really fun NCAA tournament, Brian, when you know, sometimes you, you like those uh, awesome teams to follow throughout the season, and you say, you know, can this team cap it off with the championship this year? And we'll give credit to Purdue. They're 21-1. and one. That's pretty uh, phenomenal, but they're not looked at as a dominant-type uh, team with Matt Painter there. So going to make for a fun, uh, wild tournament with a lot of red marks on the bracket, I would think. It's just college basketball just is struggling with stars, right? We talk about football. It's always about the helmet, the uniform, and yeah. guys are more anonymous. Basketball has always been uh, the least amount of uniforms that you wear in team sports, and so, therefore, the names and faces are always out there uh, in the forefront. And now with basketball and the landscape of transfers and going pro early, it's just harder and harder to get a grip and, uh, on some of these college basketball teams because it's hard to find an identity for them because it's always been off of players. and. And now when these players transferring, moving so much, it's just really hard to really buy in and, and say that this team has a certain identity based on a player. I think that's one of the hard parts of college basketball right now. Uh, I'm struggling a little bit with that. Yeah, and, and man, it, it kind of reminds me of going into this year, some of the things I said. Uh, you look at the teams at the top, Gonzaga, North Carolina. Okay, Drew Timmy coming back. Uh, Armando Baycott coming back. This COVID and the NIL has allowed these players to stick around, and it's going to lead to some awesome teams and some awesome basketball. Well, North Carolina's not in the top 25. Gonzaga, 18-4, and four, not having a typical Gonzaga year. So it's kind of gone the opposite, as I said it would, Brian. Right. You could almost make the case that maybe they're a little fat and happy and not hungry. And, <laughs> and also make the case that uh, they're not good enough to go make NBA checks. Yeah. That's why they're staying. And so, uh, look, they, those teams still think, though, I'm telling you, those teams think they can flip this late switch here at the end of February and beginning of March and make that run, and they, maybe they can. Well, North Carolina did it last year, right? I mean, nobody had them going that far. Well, they got hot, and they, they started shooting well. They're, they have not shot well, and I think everybody's kind of waiting for their two guards to pick it up a little bit. And 
And, you know, last year they had uh, Brady Manick, and, and Nance has been good for them, and they're kind of waiting for him to pick up some of that slack a little bit as well. He's had his moments. But, but no, I think they just think they're going to catch fire, and, and sometimes you can, you can predict it. Sometimes you can flip that switch. I don't know if they can flip it all the way because, look, last year they surprised us when they did it, right? So I just haven't seen that indication. And I've said this all year long. If all of those guys were really great, they'd be playing for pro money right now. But none of them were really good enough to go and, and be guaranteed NBA money. So that's why they're back making their NIL money. And uh, so sometimes you just wonder about the motivation for the long season, and, and we'll see if maybe they can turn it on. Brian North joining us, Pirate Radio Live Line. Mike Houston was in yesterday, Brian, talking some Pirate football. And, uh, and boy, Mike Houston said it perfect when asked about uh, NIL, transfer portal, everything. Uh, he, he did have some comments that college football does need somebody to step in and show some leadership, and there need to be some rules expressed, put on paper, and then people in schools held accountable for these rules. But when it comes to the players themselves leaving the program, coming into the program, he said, I like the guys we have here, and I wish everybody else the best of luck. I think that's a good way to leave it, Brian. No need to to go into further detail because, again, you are having to recruit. Uh, you're having to go through the transfer portal yourself, and uh, you don't want to make any waves. You just want right. to keep the uh, keep the the wheel turning, I guess, Brian. As he told me one time, he said, "You know, sometimes being at Lenore Ryan didn't seem so bad when the players weren't moving in and out so quickly, and you had to, didn't have to deal with the NIL stuff." And coaches just want to coach and they want to be successful. And this has just added another layer of difficulty. You would think, as successful as they become, you would think the number of players that ECU's put in the NFL through the years. You would think players would see that and go, okay, if I stick out one more year here within the program, is within my best interest. I think I've been surprised at the number of four or five, six-year guys who think they can go somewhere else and increase their pro potential with the NFL. So that's been a surprise to me. I, I've just been – it's been curious to see certain guys leave the program that I thought, well, what are they going to do somewhere else that they couldn't do here? Yeah. They're going to have to go reestablish themselves, learn everything. And now if they stayed here – uh, I, I would think they would have a better shot at making it to the league. But it's, you know, handlers, man. It's, it's people getting in these kids' ears and telling them things and the money that's probably being bandied about with some of these guys. So uh, temptation is the hardest thing to deal with in life. And these guys are certainly having a lot of temptation thrown their way. Yeah, well said. Brian North joining us, Pirate Radio Live Line, Super Bowl coming up next Sunday right here on Pirate Radio. You can hear Super Bowl 57, Chiefs and Eagles. Uh, North, what do you think about this matchup uh, as we sit here a little over a week out? Well, on paper, it looks like Philly's the, the team, right? They've got the, the better defense. Uh, they seem uh, pretty healthy right now. They, they're pretty dynamic offensively. Uh, but every time I count out Kansas City, they keep surprising me in this postseason. So I'm having a hard time counting them out just yet. But if you're making me take your mortgage money and put it in on uh, a Vegas bet, it would be with Philadelphia. I just think uh, not a lot of weaknesses uh, that they're posing. If they implode, I think Kansas City has a chance. And, and the Holmes is going to have to play insane. They're going to have to forget where Travis Kelsey is all over the field. And um, Cornell Powell is going to have to be activated and have the game of his life at wide receiver. <laughs> there you go, Brian. It's kind of crazy that after next Sunday, with all of the division titles, um, NFC championship appearances, all the wins, all the success, Andy Reid could go from like 
yeah. you know, to the third or fourth best coach in Eagles history. Because you know they're going to have uh, they already got they got a Doug Peterson uh, Philly special statue, I believe, out there, right? Even though they fired him, and now Nick Sirianni has a chance to become a legend there in Philly, and they'll forget about old Andy Reid. Uh, but all he's got to do is beat him. And, uh, and he'll be okay in that regard. But, man, it just kind of shows you the what the NFL is designed to be. It's, it's so year-to-year. Year. Uh, now all sports are like that just about. But the NFL is designed that way. And Andy Reid, Philly hero, could go to a forgotten man if Peterson and then Sirianni can win, can do something he didn't do, which is win a Super Bowl there. Been to more NFC or been to more championship games than probably well not Super Bowls but definitely championship games in the AFC and NFC than anybody else that I know of. Yeah, and of course lost a lot of those, right? So it's I always hate this when you have someone who has great success but can't quite finish it off, and then they get this label that gets attached to them like they're not very good. Like when the Buffalo Bills lost four straight Super right. Bowls, everybody called them bums, you know. And so I kind of hate that for Andy Reid because you look at the schemes and things he's overseeing offensively he's just been a an innovator in the game and he's changed it in a lot of ways and and it's been so much fun doing so so it'd be nice if, if he could add one more Super Bowl title to his resume I think that would take away a lot of that talk but you lose this one and you start getting that classification of a Bud Grant and Marv Levy guys who who could get there but couldn't quite win it all Brian North joining us at a chat with uh, the guys uh, at Sports Trivia on uh, Wednesday night at AJ's about uh, quarterbacks in that are under contract in the NFC South now, Brian, with Tom Brady retiring. And, oh, man, what a list it is. I think it's Advantage Saints because they have Jameis Winston. Uh, but the other ones are, you know, Ritter and I think Mariota's still under contract, but he kind of went MIA uh, down there in Atlanta. You've got, what, Kyle Trask uh, in Tampa. The Panthers have their issues, like Matt Corral and – I guess Darnold maybe still under contract, but man, it is, uh, and it makes me fascinated. The NFL has managed to do it again. There's a joke going around this week about Arian Foster saying everything's scripted. It certainly feels that way, even though it's a joke, uh, because it's got me fired up for this off season. Um, what's Rogers, Carr, guys like that going to do? Who's going to move up? Who's going to trade with the Bears in the draft? And these South teams have to be pretty active maybe outside of atlanta i guess when it comes to adding your quarterback doing something because all those teams are like a quarterback away whoever has the best one is probably going to be the favorite to win the division uh going into next year i would say the saints would be one of those players as well i mean you can't trust jameson and yeah and uh, and your other guy kind of a cool guy who haven't, haven't really quite has established himself so no i think they're all in the market for a quarterback I thought Sam Darnold, I, I think he had, it was a two-year deal, I thought, when they signed him, but maybe he's still there. Um, but it's either going to be Matt Corral, but I think the Panthers are definitely going to draft a quarterback in, in one of the first two rounds and, and kind of see what they have there. I think it all depends on, uh, on what Frank Reich really sees and wants. I mean, he's going to try and run a more wide-open offense, and I don't know if Sam Darnold's quite the guy to do that. Um, so they may just kind of bite the bullet for a year yet. You hate to lose the window you have with the defense they have right now. They've yeah. young defense, but we know defensive players, their careers are a little bit shorter, so that window is a little smaller uh, for that defense. So I'm curious what they'll do offensively, if, but if bring, even bringing in a new quarterback, you know, there's a learning curve that goes through it. So, um, But, no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm curious. There's definitely some good quarterbacks in the draft. I don't know great, but good quarterbacks in the draft. But, um 
the NFL also loves to, its retreads, and so uh, we'll see that that court carousel is going to go around, and we'll see who decides. And I think part of that's the issue that the NFL's had with its offenses this year. I didn't think the offenses were nearly as dynamic, and I think it has to be with so many guys moving so much. You know, it's it's that learning curve that goes along with it. And we do that. We do this every year, Brian. But I'm already hearing the. No, you you just you got to wait one more year. Wait till twenty twenty four. That's where the quarterbacks are. That's where the players are. And those quarterbacks include uh, Caleb Williams, uh, the quarterback May uh, there at North Carolina, uh, the can't miss uh, receiver Marvin Harrison's kid. So like uh, I'm already starting to hear. All right, just uh, hold off this year on Stroud and Richardson and uh, Bryce Young and, and wait one more year. But obviously, no, not every team can afford to do that. So. Uh, interested to see what happens here. You pull the trigger on Holt Nailers, the, the hottest quarterback in the country. Hey, all he does is win MVPs, no matter what game he's in. Uh, how about that, Brian? I mean, I don't know, you know, what his stock is currently. I do know if there's an arrow beside it, it's that green arrow going up. That's all I can tell you. Right, and when's the last time he had a turnover? And I may have just jinxed him, but I don't think he's turned the ball over. Yeah, you got to go back to uh, to October since he had a pick. So. <laughs> So, I mean, this happened his senior year in high school. A light bulb went on, and he elevated his game. Even though he's already committed to ECU, this is his senior year in high school. I was like, wow, that's next-level stuff. Hmm. And we've kind of been waiting for it at ECU, but it went off about the, I don't know, middle of this season, maybe a little bit before. You just saw everything kind of slow down in his head, and he started making much better reads and, and really good throws. And so, no, he got it, and I'm real curious to see how he does with an NFL pro offense and in camps and who gives him a shot. And um, obviously he's a physical specimen and, and people are going to like him. He's going to get an, if he doesn't get drafted, he's going to get an invite somewhere. And then can he kind of uh, make that transition? So I, I, look, it's, it's a fun time to be a Holt Nailers. That's for sure. Brian North joining us. Brian, enjoyed the chat. Have a fantastic weekend. Uh, what's on your docket this weekend? Oh, let's see. I got to MC the heart ball in New Bern. So that's, where my pauper self goes and hangs out with people who uh, has tax brackets that are like, you know, <laughs> three miles ahead of mine. So, uh, so that'll be kind of fun. And then um, that's it. Then it's kind of just uh, drying out from all this rain. Are you one of those guys that keeps track of the rainfall at your house, or do you not even know when it rains? Um, I do not. My dad, uh, as a farmer, uh, had gauges everywhere, and uh, yeah. But uh, myself, no, I'm not. I don't really track that, Brian. Yeah, we've had a lot lately, Cliff. It's, it's it's sloppy out there, so I'm hoping to get some stuff dried out so we can get some stuff done outdoors. That's the big plan. We, um, I don't know. I, I made a connection, I think, Brian. We had a, a bit of a drought going, and then we um, we had a bad problem of ants getting in the house. And then I know, and I, I don't know if this is coincidence or not, um, because we did, you know, get some spray and. and take uh further measures but then it when it rained and we've had a lot late like i haven't seen one single ant inside hmm. is there a correlation there brian do you know um normally the ants will come in when it rains because you know they hate the water and they try to go to higher ground so <laughs> okay i've got i got bizarro ants over the house i guess i don't know i think your spray is working <laughs> <laughs> all right there you go there's your uh non-science of the day here on pirate radio north enjoyed it man we will uh talk to you again soon sounds good clipper Brian North joining us pirate radio live line here on a friday edition of pirate radio live i just realized i 
forgot to bring up the clash at the coliseum coming up this weekend so we'll we'll talk daytona with north coming up the next couple of fridays let's take a break we'll come back more to go hour one of pirate radio live back with you after these words You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Vacation spots are right here in our very own backyard. You can take a trip to a state park and enjoy traditional camping, RV space, and also air-conditioned cabins that can be rented with Wi-Fi. If you're by a lake, be sure to check out the opportunities to rent a canoe or kayak and get out on the water. Your next experience is, or excuse me, your next adventure is right around the corner. For more information, please visit ncstateparks.gov. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Cliff. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. Welcome back in to all of you tuning in on the radio side of things, also online, and our Facebook and YouTube audience. Uh, Chandler, are you a bigger fan of Brian Skipper on Facebook or Robert Skipper on YouTube? It all started on YouTube. Yeah, I think Um, I'm a Robert guy. I, I think I'm more of a Robert youtube guy he said facebook wasn't working well so he's back on youtube hey thank you for the updates let us know where you're uh tuned in from robert we appreciate it or brian. is facebook not working on our end or is facebook nah, in general not working i think it's a brian skipper thing but robert's doing great uh we got a few minutes this segment i had an idea we need to um do a weekend promo surely yes we do can we do that uh live on the air here and you cut it up and turn it into something because i want y'all involved in it one moment please. what do you want us to say we're gonna go one sentence at a time we're gonna cut the weekend promo that's gonna run on pirate radio and whatever you want to say you say it but we're gonna go i'm gonna say a sentence then shirley then you then me so but it's all got to come together okay it's got to make sense all right so you everybody on board yes sure all right Hey folks, Clip Brock here inside the Pirate Radio Studios with Shirley Rhodes and Chandler Honeycutt. Yo. <laughs> All right, let's uh, take it from the top. Wait, what am I supposed to say? We are going to go one sentence apiece. I'm going to say a sentence, then I'm going to throw it to Shirley. She's going to say a sentence. Oh, and then it goes part. to Chandler, and then Chandler to me. Okay. All right. Yo. Everybody ready? You just did a Robert Skipper. <laughs> hey, Skip, you ready? Here. Right, look, look at him. Look at him. sorry sorry take two man i crushed that first line too i don't know if i can you can leave that line and i'll just do my line uh eric said surely you flubbed (laughs) there was no flub there was no flub (laughs) send it i don't need to listen to it send it (laughs) you want to hear that back nope no i don't want to hear hey folks clip rock here inside the pirate radio studios uh here with shirley Rose. see i can't do it i had it perfect the first time you still got it up here I, I, i gotta do it again I got to do it again. Okay. Yo. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I had to do it. Hey, folks, Clip Rock here, the Pirate Radio Studios with my good friends, Shirley Rhodes and Chandler Honeycutt. I hope you're having a great weekend. Make sure that you tune in to Pirate Radio Live coming up on Monday. 
And I really don't know what to say, but I'll just reiterate, I hope you're having a great weekend. Coming up on Monday, it's the Brian Bailey Show at noon. And, of course, at 3 o'clock, it is Pirate Radio Live. We'll have the Players Lounge. We'll talk to Jacob Jenkins Coward, Josh Moylan, and Lane Hoover, and open up the booty bag. It's Pirate Radio Live, Monday afternoon at 3 o'clock, right here on Pirate Radio. You're whoop, the voice of the Pirate Nation. What do we think? I like it. I can cut that up. You think that uh, the That'll time work. the time's going to work right? Yeah, I think the time will work. All right. Good job, team. As long as he didn't screw it up and say, I don't really know what to say. I don't know what I'm going to say. Just say yo. Come on, man. <laughs> you let the team down. I what think, was I supposed to say after that? You did all right. You were, no, you, I'm just giving you a hard time. You weren't supposed to say that. But then again, I said yo. So, you know, I'm not giving you too hard of a time because I screwed it up. Chandler, too. I think you did all right. Yo. I, I would say if we did power rankings, you might be at the bottom. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely. But we're not doing power rankings because we're all a team. We win as a team. We lose as a team. And uh, I would call that a win. I saw um, Kyrie Irving requ- requested a trade. I mean, just shocking news there Yeah, that he's not happy with something. Um, diva. But Dave Portnoy, I thought you were going to say diva. I thought you were going to say a word you <laughs> what cannot a say. Diva. diva. <laughs> I know um, what to say and what I can't say. Dave Portnoy put a worst teammates ever list out. <laughs> and I, it's funny for a couple of reasons if you follow Barstool, but if you're a sports fan, I just wanted to read off this list and see what you think and see if we could add anybody to it. Worst teammates ever list. Kyrie, Antonio Brown, Jeff Kent, Manny Ramirez, Ben Simmons, Ben Mintz, Terrell Owens, Jeff George, John Rocker, Albert Hainsworth, Bill Romanowski, Rico Bosco, LeBron James, Odell Beckham Jr. That was the list of his worst teammates. He included a couple of barstool personalities in there. Uh, but how about that? All-time worst teammates list. Chandler, is there a um, – we can talk about this with Tony coming up at 4, too. Is there a Panther that comes to mind? Worst teammate. Mm. So Washington, while you think about it, has had two teammates punch a teammate in the whoa steve smith did that two teammates punch a teammate in the face teammate in the face michael westbrook did it when uh stephen davis was a young running back just pummeled him uh during a practice and then uh deron Payne and jonathan allen about got in a fight during a cowboys game on the sideline jonathan allen going after him which they seem cool now um i'm trying to think of other examples of non like physical altercations physical i can't i can't think of a panther right now but when you brought this up i immediately thought of my beloved washington nationals and jonathan papelbon oh yeah him and bryce harper going at it in the dugout and i think anywhere he went i don't think he was liked on his team yeah seemed like a bit of a sourpuss so uh worst teammate uh ever list Kyrie irving Ooh. at the top of the list what do you got robbie anderson Oh, yeah. Especially towards the latter part of his career in Carolina with all the yelling going on on the, on the sidelines. So, I guess him. Yeah. Showed his butt there. Yeah. Because all, right, all these guys, and, like, <laughs> how about when he, um, worst future teammate, when it said the Panthers are going to sign Baker Mayfield, and he said, no. All right, Robbie Anderson's got a few examples out there. Although he covered that by saying, oh, I'm a great teammate. I was just supporting my guy, Sam Darnold. Yeah, right. 
right sure terrible bounce back there worst teammate who's uh who's on the worst teammate all-time list uh, who do you got out there let's take a break we'll come back when we return we'll talk some panthers we'll look around the nfl what a week that was early in the week just had news item after news item big news coaching changes quarterback uh, changes kind of quieted down we do have a um a warrant out for a current nfl running back that's exciting talk about that and more when we return hour two pirate radio live here on a friday back with you after this You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations, in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Christie's Pub is the perfect place to relax, grab a bite, and enjoy a drink. Located in the heart of Greenville and just a few blocks from ECU's campus, Christie's offers lunch, dinner, and late night with live music every Sunday. Come and have lunch Monday through Friday from 11 to 3 or Saturday and Sunday from 11 to 4. For the latest information, check Christie's out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram or Christie'sEuropub.com. Scratch cooking takes time, so relax and enjoy a pint today at Christie's Europub. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Cliff. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live on a Friday, free beer Friday. We had the Bud Light Seltzer Apple Slices and the Bud Light Cocktail Hour will be given away along with some other goodies uh, coming up in hour number three. Eric on YouTube says UCF has the bounce house. Clemson has Death Valley. I propose we rename Minji's Coliseum to the Boom Boom Room. Chandler shakes his head in disgust. Not a fan of the Boom Boom Room, Chandler? I kind of like it. (laughs) The Boom Boom Room? We fully embrace Boom Boom Boom. We just go ahead and say, you know what? You beat us over the head with it so much. We're just going to take it. Yeah. We can't beat it. We can't beat the machine. We're just going to let them take over oh man we're going into such a hostile environment we're going to the boom boom room tonight smu enters the boom boom room tough place to play where the pirates have lost like seven out of eight home games it's been a struggle in league play hopefully that changes tomorrow let's head out to the pirate radio live line joining us tony dunn of the c3 podcast gonna ask does bank of america have a nickname i guess protect the bank do you have a cool nickname tony for like the vault or anything the vault yep the vault the vault all right what secrets are being kept in that vault i guess who's going to be the assistant coaches on frank reich staff uh how to win (laughs) secret we haven't uh we haven't found it yet yeah um Uh, oh okay so all right, well, we'll start there. I, I, got, I guess we have a Matt Rule topic to talk about. We haven't talked uh, to Tony this week. But uh, as far as Reich's assistance, do we have anything so far, Tony? Uh, brought back two coaches from last year, uh, James Campen, and who was the offensive line coach from last year, and Chris Tabor. Those are official. 
We did uh, also hire Douche Daly, it looks like. Um, they have not announced what his role is going to be with the team. He's coming from the Detroit Lions. We don't know if it's going to be an enhanced role. Um, oh, yeah, your guy, uh, a guy you like a lot, is being discussed uh, at offensive coordinator, right? Who? Jim Bob Cooter. Oh, yeah, and then that's the next name is who doesn't like Cooter. There's a – put it on a T-shirt. I know. Um, How can you not? It sounds like y'all are doing a, a similar uh, thing with Deuce Staley that Washington did when they – hired Jim Zorn as an offensive coordinator before they had the head coach. And then they just said, Hey Jim, you can be the head coach. Like, how do you hire a guy and not have a position? Maybe we just don't have all the details coming out yet. I think that's what it is. Is part of it is this is, uh, one is that he's an associate or a assistant head coach, uh, with the lions. Um, I don't know if this is, uh, the case in with this example though, but like, if you, if you, um, a lateral move. So if you go from like offensive coordinator on one team to offensive coordinator on another team, yeah, the team you're leaving like still has the rights to you or something. So like you kind of got to trade for them. You have to, uh, you have to make a vertical move for you know because you're allowed to I guess seek promotions, right? Um, but with Deuce Staley, it's kind of a different situation because really his role in Detroit was kind of ill-defined at least from the outside but his mother is is ill and she's from around here i think yeah well he went to south carolina so yeah yeah he's local he asked is kind of to be that the detroit lions like like ultimately let him leave and he's just trying to get closer to home and i got in the process uh, he's reuniting with Frank Wright. I think he spent some time with him when uh, Frank was in Philadelphia. Yeah, Deuce, a longtime Eagle, and uh, Frank Wright uh, there as a Super Bowl champion on staff with Philadelphia. All right, um, other Panthers. How about the former coach? The headline this week about uh, the Panthers owing Matt Rule money, Tony. I saw a lot of people are like, Matt Rule again. What? With, I'm done with this guy, but like. Do the Panthers owe money? If so, they need to pay the man. Why aren't you paying the man? Uh, well, we don't know really, actually, if they owe him money or not. Is I think that this is the the Panthers are saying they don't owe him the money, and then he's saying they do, and they're taking it, I guess, to arbitration with the NFL. Um, likely this has to do with the details of his contract with Nebraska. Um and if, you know, because there's some language in his contract when they hired him that if he took a job uh, and the money would offset some of the money that was potentially owed if, um, you know, if the Panthers fired him or if he quit or something like that. So I think this is kind of loophole stuff uh, contractually, and we probably won't hear anything else of this anymore. Like, this will probably just be lawyer discussions later and they'll probably reach some sort of agreement it would be like the equivalent of clip if you were fired from pirate radio or decided to quit and then there was like a argument over how to pay out your sick days or something yeah. like that. the difference being is that our sick days 
for the pledge of regular jobs are worth very little. Yes. And two, we don't have $64 million to hire a team of attorneys to <laughs> for our interest. Correct. So we would just uh, suck it up. Yep. Uh, so that rule is uh, not sucking it up and trying to get some of that $5 million. Very good point. Tony Dunn joining us, Pirate Radio Live Line. Tony, the other night at Sports Tribute, AJ's we were talking about, or somebody had brought up, quarterbacks under contract in the nfc south and what a list it is for carolina help me out chandler was matt corral and is that it jacob eason eason okay corral and eason for atlanta i think even though marcus Mariota went mia on the falcons he's still under contract and so is desmond ritter obviously for Tampa, it was uh, Kyle Trask. Trask. And that's it for them. For the Saints, you've got Jameis and... Um, Dalton. And I guess Taysom Hill as well. Does he count? If you want to consider yeah. him a quarterback. and Andy Dalton. Okay. So, brutal list there, Tony. It tells me, like, if anybody can go out and make a, a move at quarterback, a significant upgrade, that team will likely be the favorite in the South next year. Right? I mean, is there... Or do you do you disagree with that? Could a team stay pat at quarterback and and win it if another team adds a quarterback? You know what I'm saying? Like it seems like these teams are quarterback away from hosting a playoff game next year. Uh, I guess both could be true, right? I mean, look, is that the the team that made it to the playoffs this past year had a losing record? So, I mean, standing pat could potentially get you into the playoffs, and then. Also, any team that gets a quarterback, too, uh, would seemingly be in an advantageous situation. But that also is like, I guess that's what everybody's pitching with the NFC South right now, right? Like, I mean, that's what the attraction and the allure for those rumors like, oh, well, we're going to get Sean Payton and bring in Tom Brady and he's going to automatically make the playoffs or whatever it is so i don't know is uh who would want to come into this to these messes is a good question if you do get a quarterback and who is that is that quarterback like um aaron Rodgers type name car i don't know about like car yeah Yeah. and i think that's what i mean personally that's what i think what, what i'm hoping the carolina panthers do is get their car and draft a quarterback start him for the next year and uh develop that quarterback in the background you know you asked the question why if i'm a qb would i go into this situation i think the most qb friendly situations right now in the south it would not be todd bowles it would not be dennis allen is dennis allen still there yeah he's still with the saints it would be they're playing for arthur smith although atlanta has a young quarterback in ritter and I guess still has Mariota. Will they even be active in the quarterback market? But Carolina, if I could go play for Frank Reich, I would take that over just about any other options in the South. I mean, do you think the Panthers have an advantage there as far as attracting a quarterback? In the division, certainly. In the division, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just think when you look out throughout the league, I mean, I don't know. It's like, do you – yes, I agree with that. <laughs> like uh, – you know, I just kind of want Aaron Rodgers to go to Miami. Like, that's what I, I really think should happen. And if I was the GM of Miami, I would go and get Aaron Rodgers. Were you bummed out at all that uh, Miami got Fangio and the Panthers didn't? Uh, sure. 
You know, I mean, like, yeah, you want to get good hires and things like that, but, I mean, do you really blame? I don't really blame them. You know what I mean? Like, it, it really feels like Miami has got the talent. Like, they could, they're right there. Yeah. They just got to put it together. So, um, I mean, I understand it. And uh, it, the, the one thing about the Fangio thing is it seems like uh, people have figured it out with Carolina, and that is let's use David Tepper's giant pocketbook to leverage uh, bigger contracts with other teams. So it's just like, oh, man, did you hear the rumor that the Carolina Panthers are going to make me the highest-paid coach around? And then Miami's like, all right, we'll back up the brink truck. Tony Dunn joining us, Pirate Radio Live Line. You've got uh, the Pro Bowl weekend festivities going on. Uh, Chandler said he watched a little bit of it. Shirley and I did not. Tony did not either, right? Um, Well, I was with Chandler for a few minutes at – AJ McMurphy's last night and it was on in the background and I missed the skill comp the one thing I did want to watch, which was the quarterback throwing at those targets and things like that. Like back when we were a kid. Remember when they that was yeah. the best part back when we were a kid where they had those moving things with the chalk and they had the blue chalk on the ball. Right. So somebody goes, Oh man, the Pro Bowl's on and I didn't even know it and I look up and I'm like, dang, I just missed what I wanted to see. So I was like, oh, I'm going to watch the next event. And it uh, goes to commercial. We're hanging. We're, we're sitting there talking. And it uh, comes back. And, man, uh, I was, I don't know if I was excited, disappointed, or just floored that I didn't watch these guys toss water balloons. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> uh, we'll make our Super Bowl selection next Friday, Tony. Uh, what is your thoughts, uh, early thoughts on Chiefs and Eagles? Um, what a crazy game this could be. That's my thoughts. Uh, I, if the Eagles are as good as I they have been all season, as good as I think they have been, this should be an incredible Super Bowl. I, if if I wasn't contractually obligated, if it wasn't against my religion to, you know, pick the Eagles to win and and root for the Eagles, I I would probably take them in this game, but I'm unable to do that. Here for in this case is like um, I don't really have the angst against the Eagles that you do. Yeah. Um, but you know, is that it does feel like uh, I don't know if I don't want to cheer for Kansas City because they're just always winning. Yeah, and then I do want to cheer for them because like it is kind of cool that Mahomes is just, like a good dude. Like he's just like Andy Reid's pretty likable, I would say. The problem is though, <laughs> if you go by likability, I think uh, I think Jalen Hurts is very likable. Like he's tough to hate, and to me, uh, Nick Sirianni has become the most likable person in the world. I need to go back and get Tony's comments on Sirianni when he was hired. I know, I feel so bad, but I joined in on you with them. Uh, what was it, the systems or whatever he was putting in? We're gonna have the best systems, the systems, the best, the best of systems, the most processes of process. Process, we yeah. Don't have to think. We just and we're gonna get go and. We're going to get players to buy into that system. We're going to systemize the process and then process those systems. And you know what that's led to? But we're processing. That led to the best team in the NFL this year. So And uh, 
what did he yell at the Dallas Cowboys sideline? Like, that's game at my first or something like that. I mean, he has embraced the Philly lifestyle. And he also, like, they played they played Indianapolis the game after Frank Reich got fired, and he was like, that was for Frank Reich! That was for Frank Reich! <laughs> <laughs> I, he's awesome, man. He's my like he's my Python, dude. I hate that I have to hate him, but I do. The, them's the rules. Um, but hey, no one in Philadelphia, they'll probably fire him in two years. Like they got rid of Andy Reid and got rid of Doug, Doug Peterson. Peterson. Yeah. So I can root for him then. We'll see when that happens. No. Tony. I don't know. We'll see. What's the uh what's your week ahead look like on the C three podcast? Uh, we'll just kind of continue. Uh, this week we do uh, on Tuesday, and uh, I have to get all the guests with. So we got some guests coming in and talk about Frank Reich's offense and how some of the players could potentially fit going forward. Uh, and we'll be kind of monitoring the additions of the, you know, I mean, he's got to fill out his staff. So we'll be seeing if some of these names, like what Deuce Daly will, what his role will be announced as, uh, will we hire uh, Jim Bob Cooter, will they continue to try to search for other candidates? So we'll watch that staff, and then once that happens, the staff, then you'll be looking towards right after, I guess, the Super Bowl, we'll start thinking about free agency, right? Yeah, and uh, free agency, combine, uh, exciting offseason ahead with all these question marks at quarterbacks and teams uh, trying to get better right away. Tony, thanks for joining us, man. We'll check in with you. Oh, go ahead. One thing to think about, the, when you mentioned the quarterbacks of the South, uh, will Lamar become Atlanta Falcon? I think that's the mm. thing to watch. That could be a game changer. Yeah. All right, Tony. Thanks, man. Have a good one, man. Tony Dunn, C3 Panther Podcast, joining us today here on Pirate Radio Live. We'll take a break when we return. I want you to look. Listen. I want you to listen because Cy Seymour will join us. And I want, to, I want you to think about good kids in your life. Think about good kids. Think about tough legs. Think about it all. Because Cy Seymour will join us when we return. We'll talk pirate hoops, look around the American, look around the national college basketball landscape, and more. That's on the way. Pirate Radio Live here on a Free Beer Friday. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations, in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Well, keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All righty. Coming up Saturday, 4 o'clock, Menji's Coliseum. It'll be East Carolina taking on the SMU Mustangs. We'll talk about that one and more now with Cy Seymour who joins us on the Pirate Radio Live line here on a Friday. So I hadn't talked to you in a while. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, Cliff. I hope you're doing well. A little cold for me, but other than that, everything. <laughs> it's a little cold for everybody, Si. It's, uh, yeah. it's cold out there. Ready for some ECU hoops coming up on Saturday at Menji's Coliseum as the Pirates are back home. Si, coming off a loss on Wednesday night to South Florida 
in which uh, we did see a, a few positives. Uh, the end of the game and the the rally the Pirates mounted, but they got uh, too big of a hole to climb out of. Also, Ezra Sar uh, finally getting back in the uh, the box score and the scoring column. He had been struggling of late, Sai, but he was able to uh, put some points on the board the other night. So, I don't know, Sai, you're, you're always Mr. Brightside. Uh, did you see any positives the other night in that loss to South Florida? Oh, yeah, you can always find positives. You have to you have to find something. Uh, <clears throat> look, if not, you got to blame the referees every night. So, you got to find something <laughs> the, the truth is... Uh, when you look at that ball game, and I've looked at it pretty close, there was about a six-minute stretch at the end of the half, mm-hmm. the first half. You, know, you had a 32-30 ball game. It ends up down 12 or 13. There was a six-minute stretch there. And then the second half, it continued for about five or six minutes. And and so now you're down to 13 or 14 minutes. Then ECU settled in. He settled in with a, a lineup uh, that, that worked in the last 10 minutes of the ball game. And all of a sudden, you look up. And with with 55 seconds left, you cut it to eight and have possession. Uh, you hit a three there. If you, I mean, if you hit a three there, it's a five point game. And what people need to understand is that South Florida is not used to closing out. They're not used to winning. So if something goes wrong, you you got a shot to win this basketball game. Well, but it didn't happen. You, you had a turnover at that time, and yeah. everything had to go right. But my point being, really, it was about I would say. From the six-minute mark to the ten or twelve-minute mark, that that time frame just killed you. And and uh, but we are young. I, I said preseason when we talked. I said, look, ninety percent of everything is gone from EC's ball club. And 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 then he comes in. Uh, Coach Schwartz comes in, is doing a good job with him. And then Javon Small, your leading scorer, goes out, and your point guard. So it, it's it's been tough at a time that he. I think they could have won three or four more games that that you you haven't had your leader your 16 point a game man and that's that makes it really difficult we were diving through the, the stats uh yesterday sign one that stands out you know watching the game and then looking at it on paper uh 17 turnovers just nine assists for east carolina and you're gonna have turnovers teams are gonna pressure you force turnovers but the, the unforced ones are really frustrating where you just throw a, a lazy bounce pass or throw the ball over a guy's head out of bounds, and uh, those are the ones that, that kill you, and East Carolina's had too many of those, and that kind of goes back to Javon Small, who uh, had really settled in as this team's uh, point guard and uh, a guy that could command the offense, and without him, you, you've got a lot of guys trying to fill in his shoes, Caleb LeCount and others, and just has not been uh, as smooth of an operation, obviously, with Javon Small out. No doubt about it. The, the crazy thing is, ECU had 17 turnovers, South Florida had 20. <laughs> yeah. So you had a game with 37 turnovers. And and I, uh, so when you look at the turnover situation to the right, if you protect the ball, you, you got a good shot of winning. Uh, so when you look at that, that's kind of a wash, which is not a good wash. It was that's the way the game was played. But when you look at the bottom line on uh, hitting the three ball, they had they hit six more threes than you did. So you lose that game by eighteen points. That that you know it, it all gets down to can you shoot it? Can you shoot the three ball? Can you not turn it over? Can you hit free throws at the end? Those are things that come back. Now the boards, you know, we're pretty much right there. I mean, in fact, ECU was. Uh, two rebounds different, so that that's a good sign uh, for East Carolina. But you're right; you cannot. You think about a turnover, and it's a point 
per turnover. Hmm. It's a point per turnover. And ECU had 17 turnovers. If it's live ball, it's an automatic layup usually. Then you said that. You, you cannot turn it up over in a live ball or you really get in trouble. And, and that's, that's what you really have to be careful with. Cy Seymour joining us today on Pirate Radio Live. Cy, will circle back to ECU, SMU coming up this weekend. But uh, I want to talk about what else is going on around the American. I, I watched uh, and followed some of Houston-Wichita State last night. Houston has had the same script here in their last two games. We saw them knock off Cincinnati and come from behind fashion. They were down double digits at one point in that game. Last night, Wichita State had several five seven point leads even in the second half and houston just turned it on down the stretch ended up winning the game by nine that was a really tight game that they were able to stretch out there at the end but the cougars getting tested here in the american and interested to see what happens when they go to philadelphia on sunday side the only team that's knocked off the cougars was temple uh so you know uh kelvin sampson and his guys want some revenge on sunday no doubt about it and and when you look at this league uh, those top five teams are, are really top four teams that are really fighting hard. Uh, it, it's tough. And when Wichita State, as you saw against East Carolina, when they're playing well, uh, they're, they've got athletes. But isn't it amazing that at the end, the, Coug- the Cougars are used to winning. Yeah, They never let up. And they keep the heat on you, and they wear you down. And that's a credit to Coach Sampson and his staff. Because uh, everybody they play, look, everybody in this league, I don't care, especially the top tier, Cincinnati, and you mentioned uh, Temple coming up, and it, 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 that group, Tulane, is that good? There there are s- several really good ball clubs up in that top tier that, you know, they can take you if they're on, but it doesn't, get, it doesn't happen. You know, they just don't allow them to get in. I'll tell you the team that I think has played under the radar is tremendous, and that's Memphis. And yeah. call them out. Memphis has been solid, uh, much more solid than I thought they'd been. I think that's a credit to their coaching staff. Uh, those kids are giving everything. They're they're not as talented as some of the teams they've had in the past, but they're playing extremely well. Uh, but again, go back to Houston. They're the best b- basketball team in this league. I really went to bed last night thinking I might wake up tomorrow morning. Wichita State wins this game. I went on to bed and I was surprised that it was an eight point difference. Yeah. The way. Wichita State had played. Uh, so you're right. It, it, it is fun to watch. This is a very, very high-level league. It's, it's just really good basketball every night out. And uh, Houston's leading the way. The problem is, do we, does the league get three teams in or right. just get two in? It's tough. Yeah, right now Joe Lenardi from ESPN, and, and you know his word isn't the gospel, but that's one source to follow. He keeps up with it by the minute, seemingly. He has Memphis in the – tournament and obviously houston uh, as a one seed and that's it for the american and you've got some interesting games great trio of games on saturday you've got that temple houston game on sunday but ucf cincinnati at noon on saturday tulane at memphis uh, that's a good one side at two o'clock yeah on saturday then at four it'll be smu and ecu on espn plus and uh one more note on temple side just kind of a shame they had such a rough non-conference but i mean you know about this as a coach you want to be playing your best basketball in february and march that's what temple's doing but that rough non-conference uh that rough november really could keep them out of the tournament because they played good enough in the american and and have that signature win against houston to to have their name up there if they'd won a few more non-conference games well they have 
they have guards that can play in the NCAA tournament. I mean, when when you've got their guards, uh, and and they also have a a group of six 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 seven long athletes, and then your inside guys are bigger. But they've got a lot of pieces to the puzzle that are beautiful. And of course, one of them's Damian Dunn, who who's just a really good player. But all their guards are good and all big enough to finish, hit free throws. Just a good basketball. I, I really like them. It, it, I, to me, if you ask me who would be, it would be Temple, uh, Memphis, and and uh, and of course Houston to get in. But you're right. I don't. I think we'll we'll uh, the Sharks will lead each other up. The problem. Yeah. I, mean, I don't. I, I don't know if we can get three in, but that's three good teams. I think Cincinnati's really good. I think Tulane's really good. But uh, I stop it there. I really do so far. I stop it. Uh, Johnny Dawkins at UCF's got a lot of talent, but hadn't been able to mesh it. That, yeah. He's got one of the best players in a freshman playing on a, on a wing that's 6'9", that's, that's going to be a pro. So it just not, but doesn't have enough right now. Cy Seymour joining us side the last home game. Chandler and I looked over and saw Cy Seymour watching the game as a fan. And I, I just got to thinking out of out of all your years on the radio call with Jeff and uh, now doing ESPN Plus games, that game was on the U, I believe. So that's why you weren't on the call there. But uh, how many games have you watched in Minji's uh, not courtside? It can't, you can probably count them on one hand, right? I think maybe... In the 25-year period here, I would think maybe three. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, it's not many. It's four or five, maybe, yeah. maybe four or five. I don't, it's not many. Uh, I, I, you know, it's just the way it is. I mean, because I've been on courtside so long. Maybe a few more than that last year. Uh, but this year, I, I, that was my first time watching this, really, I think. I think it's first, maybe second. Yeah. You know, you, you know I, I'm so used to being on the floor. Uh, it's kind of nice sitting up in the stands. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I enjoy it. I, I didn't see you yelling at the refs like I was, but uh, you were keeping your cool, I think. No, no, I, I yelled a little bit myself. Okay, good. Good good to hear. Good to know. It's okay to do that. Cy, Cy Seymour joining us. He'll, uh, you'll be back on the call uh, Saturday, Cy? Yes. Okay, on ESPN Plus, you can check them out there. Patrick and I'll be doing the game, yes. Um, game on Saturday against SMU. Yes, sir. And uh, before we get there to wrap it up, Cy, uh, also on Saturday – Boy, has there been a maybe a more overlooked North Carolina Duke game? Not hearing much about that one with both teams unranked. In fact, you've got Indiana, Purdue, uh, Iowa State, Kansas, maybe getting more eyeballs. Uh, well, North Carolina Duke will get the eyeballs, but when it comes to um, to teams in the top twenty five, those two other matchups may be more appealing. But got that going on this weekend. And um, while we're talking Duke, North Carolina, how about NC State side in the uh, the season they're having right now? as they have been very impressive. They were up uh, 30 points in the first half the other night against Florida State, or Quavion Smith with 32. Uh, the big boy Burns, uh, he is fun to watch, and right now they're fourth in the ACC at 8-4. and four. I, th- I think they've been the surprise team, and, I, uh, and I, I think that's a team that deserves it. I thought they got two or three years ago when the COVID hit, when COVID hit, I thought they had a, a sweet 16 team. And, and, and I'm, I'm just looking from the outside – and as we well know, having played against Keith at Wilmington, he is a good basketball coach. And, and what has happened is the greatest thing for a coach, like you just said about his big man and his, and then, then to Qua, Quavion Smith, and then they've got a point guard that gets it done. So he's strong at each, and I mean really strong, at each of those positions. And they play as a team. He's got a good chemistry mesh, 
and uh, they get it done. And a wide-bodied big guy is just hard to handle. Uh, it's just it, there's a, it, that's a different character. It's hard to guard them. Everybody says, "Well, how can he get it done?" I'm telling you, they get sideways on you, and you can't get to them. And it's it's amazing. And congratulations for NC State for having such a good year. North Carolina probably is the biggest puzzle to anybody in that got all the pieces returning and you hadn't turned it on yet. Duke, I kind of understand because they're young. I mean, it, it's hard to win in this game with young kids. It just, you know, I, I was reading the update on uh, SMU. They have 12 of their 16, 16 kids will have three years left. This starting issue, they all have three years left. So that's a young team, and they're struggling. I mean, that and ECU's like that. They're young, and they're struggling. But for North Carolina to have been where they were and have the talent they have back, it's got to be frustrating right now for North Carolina. But it's early. We're just getting ready to get going in February. So North Carolina will be there at the end. They've got a good basketball team. Not showing on Duke yet. They're still young. I mean, they could win at home, but it's tough on the road. Cy Seymour joining us. We'll uh, wrap it up with some uh, some pirate basketball talk. Before I get your thoughts on ECU SMU, Cy, uh, I know you 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 want the best for East Carolina basketball. You also like to see when they recruit locally, Eastern North Carolina, the state of North Carolina. So, want to get your thoughts on uh, to Corey Faison, the commit from Goldsboro. I, I know um, you were excited to see an Eastern North Carolina guy commit to to ECU hoops. Faison is a is a really unique kid. He is a tremendous athlete. <clears throat> Funny story that uh, Coach Schwartz we were talking about, and he said, I'm going to go see him play Friday night against Spring Creek. I said, Coach, you don't need to go to Spring Creek game. I said, this team is really good, and they're, I'm talking about Goldsboro is really a good 2A school, and Spring Creek is, is really not very talented. And so he texted me. He showed me a picture at halftime. Uh, at, <laughs> from minute 57 to go in the first quarter, the score was 32-2, to two, uh, first quarter. Man. And I said, hang in there, coach. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, but what I'm saying about this young man, to get back to it, they've seen him several times. They like him. He's a tremendous – he's got the upside is there. He's six foot six. He can handle the ball. He can jump out of the gym. He's a kid that you get if you're East Carolina. You go after him. And I, I congratulate Coach Schwartz and his staff for getting on this kid when no one else has been on him and signing him. Again, could he be raw? Sure. He's, 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 at a, at a, he's at a class 1A or a class 1 or 2A school. They, they don't have to play as hard with that kind of talent. And, you, you know, when you, get, when you get them to you, then you've got to teach that first year how hard you've got to play. Then that second year they get into it. So I think it's a big pickup. I think it's a very, very good uh, pickup for, for ECU and Coach Schwartz. He's done a really good job in recruiting. They know everybody everywhere, and it's a good staff. I just don't want them to get too down uh, this first year because it's hard, it's a hard league, and you get used to it, and you get better when you recruit into it. And uh, he will. They'll get better. And uh, I have all the confidence in the world that this ECU program can get better. Yeah, and as far as, as not getting down and things like that, I, I know people don't care to hear it when you lose games like – East Carolina's losing, but just watching the bench the other night and the guys into it and, and Coach Schwartz coaches butt off every game, it feels like that 
they are still you know really into this trying to win ball games they have a very winnable game coming up on saturday so as far as them you know sticking with it the players and the staff side you you certainly see that night in night out on the sideline so just wanted to point that out the bench looked great the other night i thought well i think i think you've hit a key point and and you know we're talking about this the difference between smu struggling and ecu smu made the commitment about 10 years ago when they larry brown yeah tim jenkins they they Larry Brown did it, and the coach in waiting was Tim Jankovich. And it, it transferred easy, so it's been longer than that. You know, it's probably been 12 years. But the bottom line is they didn't lose a bit. And, and now they're gone, but the, the cupboard was not bare until the point guard left. That killed them. When, when, the, when you lose your point guard to the player of the year to a conference school in Memphis, that's really tough. And, and that's what happened. And so – He's got to work a little bit harder, but they have put the money and the effort behind SMU basketball. And, and, and listen, the good thing is we are too now. We're beginning to really push and focus on a sport that we should be good in and uh, with Coach Swartz, and I, I like that. Uh, and so we got to support it and give it time because it doesn't happen overnight. SMU so far this season has beat Tulsa twice, and they beat that South Florida team uh, that we just saw the other night by two points. Those are their only wins in conference play, so they are struggling. Uh, They'll try to pick up win number four in league play Saturday. East Carolina looking for win number three. So I don't know, Si. Again, winnable game. Uh, We'll see what the Pirates have in store for the Mustangs Saturday. I think it's a winnable game, and I, I think you're right. I think I look at it and I say, do they have a rim protector? Because if they don't, we can take it inside. We've got good tall guards, and and, and that's 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 that could help us. They're not they're not they don't have to. They can play the six ten eleven guy, but you've got a shot when you don't have a guy that just says, "Come on in here and see what happens." Yeah. night, it's hard to beat South Florida. They've got they've got a big guy inside that's really tough. The other day against uh, Wichita State, Poto and Poto and those guys are good. They're six nine, six ten, and they're rim protectors. So if we can get to the if we can get to the glass, our guys can finish. They're pretty good and strong kids, but rim protectors are very good. And ECU has one coming in next year, and that's a big deal for ECU. Yes, sir. Cy Seymour, great to chat with you, Cy. and talked to you in a while, so we'll keep in touch, talk some hoops here uh, the month of February. But great to catch up with you today, man. Have a great call on Saturday. Yeah, before you leave, uh, Super Bowl's this weekend. Anybody from the NFC East fifth game? <laughs> well, Super Bowl's next weekend, Si, and next weekend. there is one uh... – yeah, one look. Uh, it, they made our rooting interest easy. Uh, go Chiefs! Yes, did. I already got my yeah Arrowhead. I, I'm ready. My Mahomes jersey. My Andy Reid mustache. Go Chiefs! <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, enjoy. It's gonna be fun to watch. Yes, sir. Well, keep in touch, Sai. Thank you, man. All right. See you later. Sai Seymour joining us. He's the best uh, here on a Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Pirates and ponies going at it coming up saturday four o'clock in Menji's coliseum take a break come back more to go in hour number two of pirate radio live coming up hour three morgan aylers mark greenhelge golf shop radio show and our free beer friday giveaway still a lot more to go on pirate radio live we're back with you after this
You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations, in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back for the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner. Be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media platforms. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at pr 927 FM joined the over 61,000 followers today. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip. All right, earlier in the show, we recorded a weekend promo on the fly, freestyle, mm-hmm. sentence by sentence. And since that time, Shirley, you've already produced it and put it in. It's ready to roll for this weekend. Mm-hmm. Can we get a? Uh, can we hear some of your? Can we hear a final product? Your work. How Shirley took our mismatched, mishmashed sentences. Yo. And turned it into something beautiful. Yo. Well, let's hear it, Shirley. Hey, folks. Clip Rock here, the Pirate Radio Studios, with my good friends Shirley Rhodes and Chandler Honeycutt. I hope you're having a great weekend. Make sure that you tune in to Pirate Radio Live coming up on Monday. It's the Brian Bailey Show at noon, and of course at three o'clock, it is Pirate Radio Live. We'll have the Players Lounge. We'll talk to Jacob Jenkins, Coward, Josh Moylan, and Lane Hoover, and open up the booty bag. It's Pirate Radio Live Monday afternoon at three o'clock, right here on Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation man wow that's like magic it really is because we did not sound that good not when we first recorded it no (laughs) but at the end of it it's literally like a magician saying all right pick a card and then i'm going to show you how this trick works no it's called turning chicken you know what into chicken salad Uh Mm -hmm, mm uh-huh which people don't realize that that's actually what chicken salad is made out of (laughs) disgusting Uh, don't tell me that because i actually like how do people salad. eat that stuff i don't know how people eat chicken salad and you know I, I don't I oh don't my like gosh it. it's the best i don't like it i like chicken salad it smells funny i uh are you're probably anti-mayonnaise i am yeah remember because i got food poisoning from it and yeah. i just never touched it since so uh i'm good with like any mayo based product you give me some pasta like some uh cold you know you put pasta, pasta salad. You put mayonnaise with, with pasta. You can have some mayonnaise-based pasta, pasta salads, yeah. Of course, some are like Italian-based, but there are some that include mayonnaise. I mean, I would eat it because I like mayo. There, there's, there's mayo-based potato salad. Yep, show me potato salad. I don't do that. I do the mustard-based <sighs> one. Potato I can do both. So good. I love potato salad. Mustard-based is good to me. About. 10 years ago i would not touch potato salad at the thanksgiving dinner so we're talking 2013 here yeah <laughs> when uh, i was 14 and, and when the 14 year old chandler in 2013 potato salad on the table not touching it yucky icky Ew. get it away from get me. that away from me that's all about uh maturing taste chandler. maturing and growing and developing and, r- and rising to a taste bud standard in terms of taste buds and tasting food we talked earlier today uh when i talked to brian north about um a maturing palate and uh one of you maybe it was chandler had chips the other day jalapeno did i get that right or was it, it wasn't me yeah I, don't I might have had them because yeah. when I go to Jimmy John's, I get the jalapeno chips. Yeah. Yeah, I don't eat jalapeno chips. You like chips. the little kick on the chip? Yes, I do. And Jimmy John's has this kicking ranch. Are they a sponsor? Yes, they are. All right. Good. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> they are. Okay. <laughs> All right, good. We can talk about it. I, mean, I said that 
thinking and having a <laughs> okay. positive uh, right. mindset that we we had them on. So yeah, check them out. Good deal. All right, uh, coming up on April the second, followed by Mama's Family Dinner with Dale. Uh, coming up, uh, we're excited to have Dale Murphy coming to the Murphy Center. You can get a table or an individual ticket. Uh, you can email Ellerby, Ellerby at PirateRadio1250.com. Uh, call us here at the station for more deets as well, or uh, get more info online, PR927FM.com. We're going to be awesome to have Dale Murphy in town, a living legend. If they continue to do this as maybe a tradition, I would hope that they get Fred McGriffin here next year so I can apologize to him. The Personally, crime dog. I want to apologize to him face-to-face. And of course, he wouldn't know why I was apologizing, and he'd say, "Hold on, let's role play." Hold on, hold on, hold on, let's role play that. So I'm going to be Fred McGriff. You're going to be Be- Chandler. Before we do that, my mom is super excited that Dale Murphy is coming to town. All right, because my 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 sister is named after Dale Murphy. What? Yeah. No, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. No, it's not. Yeah, I feel like you would have told us that before. Yeah, I have. I don't think so. A million times. So. First before. time I'm hearing of this. Yeah, whatever. I'm that's crime, a reference that's a reference i'm crime dog all right you're uh the specialist all right ready so where are we we're at the murphy center say that this is next year all right dale murphy was such a success that they said all right we're going to get another braves player former player to come in here okay and it's fred mcgriff okay hold on before you do that okay so Pre- fred mcgriff has finished his speech and is coming off the stage and chandler thank has you. approached thank you greenville crime dog I love you, Greenville, South Carolina. Thank you. Uh, hey, Mr. McGriff. Hey, son. Uh, it's nice to meet you. I'm Chandler Honeycutt with Pi Radio. Hey, Chandler. You oh, you have a firm handshake. Thank you, sir. Um, I just want. I like to say, your uh, your straps down the side. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I, you I, look I, good. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate you coming to Greenville and talking to us. Today. You know, you have a long snapper's body. Has anybody ever told you that? I actually, it's funny you say that, crime dog. Um, I actually please did, call uh, me uh, Mr. McGriff. Uh, Mr. McGriff, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, We're not I, friends. <laughs> I am a former long snapper okay great i can see that um by you the play way, baseball growing up son yeah i did I, I actually was first base oh wow i played first base yeah so uh and i mean I, i'm gonna be honest when i was playing baseball back in those days i really didn't know who you were um, uh that's a hell of a thing to say to a man to his face uh next time i would leave that out but thank you i guess for letting me know that well I who mean, were your uh, favorite players as a kid uh mike trout bryce harper um what I, are you like seven years old no i'm actually uh, you're I'm, a fat seven-year-old i'm 20 i'm 25 so. oh 25 all right yeah um but i i just wanted to come up to you and say hey it's great to meet you know i got a plane to catch this is taking a long time uh, i got other people to talk to uh you, can well, you get to your point son? so uh, mr mcgriff i do want to be honest <laughs> please with you. call me fred all right fred I, I wanted to say this i wanted to say i thought we you i thought you were a white man <laughs> I'm sorry. You heard me. I, I just want. I, 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 I just want to be honest, and I I started this conversation with being honest, saying that I didn't know you about 15, 20 years ago. But I also wanted to be honest. I, for the life of me, thought you were a white man. Well, clearly you can see that I'm not. Yes, sir. I could definitely see that. Why now. would you think that? I just Fred seems like a white name. Huh? You ever heard of Fred Sanford? Yes, I have. Fred Brown? Yes, I have fred claus was white 
<laughs> I get I get your I get your point, Mr. But right McGriff. now the score is two black friends to one white friend, and I'm third, so three black friends. Yeah, I understand that, but yeah. and I feel bad, Mr. McGriff. I Ironically, uh, Fred Sanford's name is Red. But go on. <laughs> but Mr. McGriff, just want I know you got a plane to catch. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mr. McGriff, it was awesome to meet you. Please call me Crime Dog. All right, Mr. Crime Dog. See ya. <laughs> All right, so there's the uh, how that conversation's going to go. I feel like you handled your own pretty well. Yeah. Um, I and I feel like I jumped in the body of Fred McGriff. Faux Fred McGriff was very intimidating. <laughs> well, you've got all these people lined up waiting for handshakes, and you're holding them up for five, seven minutes <laughs> to tell them that I thought he was a white man. Oh, uh, we got to get Fred McGriff here. To Greenville. That would be fantastic. All right, let's take a break. When we return, we'll talk to Morgan Ehlers on the other side of this timeout. He'll be at Menji's Coliseum on Saturday. ECU SMU, we'll talk about that and more when we return on Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Tiebreakers is open every day at 11 a.m. It is the best place to watch your favorite sports while enjoying the best wings in town, along with sandwiches, appetizers, cold beer, and more. Follow Tiebreakers on Facebook and Instagram instagram for daily updates tiebreakers in greenville at bell's fork and in downtown winterville on railroad street now let's head back in to pirate radio live here is your host clip rock all righty back with you here pirate radio live on a friday a free beer friday coming up in just a little bit in fact we'll do it at the end of this segment we'll make you a winner and open up the pirate radio live line free beer friday Back here on Pirate Radio, today we have the Bud Light Seltzer Apple Slices, also the Bud Light Seltzer Cocktail Hour. How about a 12-pack apiece of those? And some other goodies, courtesy of your friends here at Pirate Radio. That is on the line when uh, we uh, give that away at the end of this segment. Joining us now on the Pirate Radio Live line, he is the voice of Menji's Coliseum. You'll hear him saturday when the pirates take on the smu mustangs he is morgan aylers joining us morgan how you doing man clip thanks for having me man it's a beautiful friday kind of cool but it's uh the weekend good to see the sun back out morgan uh and it was today and uh it is setting as we speak here on a friday afternoon morgan will get to hoops in a moment but another all-star game another all-star performance for uh holt nailers last week another mvp performance this time in the nfl pa bowl and uh Morgan, uh, awesome to see Holden uh, throwing touchdowns and uh, putting up points in a, another all-star game. Obviously, you were happy to see that. Have you? What was Holden's uh, reaction to it all last week? Uh, he had a, he had a great week in Los Angeles and uh, capped it off with a, a really good a good game last week in the NFLPA Bowl. And you know, I was so proud of him. He went out there and he said it the best. He went out there and did what he came out there to do. And 
show that he can play with, with anybody and, you know, learned an offense for the set. It's kind of funny because he played in two bowl games in two weeks and literally learned two separate offenses in two weeks and was able to, to control the game and did what he had to do out there and, uh, you know, had a great game and very proud. Met a lot of good people, a lot of good teams and, uh, really liked Jeff Fish, his head coach and thought he said he was like a West Coast hippie dude is what, uh, <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, he had a good time, good flight back, and uh, actually left today to head down to Mobile, Alabama, to start training for uh, uh, Pro Day and what uh, his future might hold. Awesome stuff. I asked Noah Henderson following the Hula Bowl about learning offenses, and he said as a tackle, you know, it's it's not that difficult, and uh, he picked it up pretty quickly. As a quarterback, that's a little different, and you kind of don't think about that. During all uh, the week, they are – doing drills and doing things like that but he does have an offense to learn so for him to pick it up so quickly and to uh to put up those numbers i mean that that says a lot to coaches and scouts and things like that uh adaptability and the ability to learn an offense he certainly did it at conley here at ecu and uh he's obviously done it these past two all-star games he was in yeah the hula ball actually got on the their playbook i think they sent him a pdf of the playbook maybe four or five days before they went down there he got the NFL PA Bowl playbook the Sunday he arrived in L.A. It was hmm. 91 pages, and I said, no, okay. <laughs> and, uh, I can't read 91 pages yeah. a week more than let's learn a playbook. But uh, he told me later on that day he'd gone through it you know, three, four, five times already, and he was very familiar with it. Apparently he was. Morgan Ayler's joining us. Morgan, uh, we will continue the tradition of – doing uh, some prop bets next Friday when we talk to you two days ahead of the Super Bowl. Uh, the extra point. Uh, used to uh, do that on Monday night, so we'll do that with you next week. But uh, early thoughts on Chiefs-Eagles. Great matchup. Two number ones facing off Andy Reid versus his old team. So you've got a great matchup. you got the storylines. Uh, what's your take on Super Bowl 57? It's going to be a really good matchup. You know, now Patrick Mahomes is going to have three weeks really to heal from the time he hurt his ankle to the Super Bowl, so he should be in, in much better shape. Uh, and then Philly, you know, they, they played re- really, really well against uh, San Francisco last week and kind of felt bad for for the 49ers, you know, with the, the quarterback situation they had there with Brock Purdy going out with the elbow injury. and Apparently he's going to be out for almost eight months now. But, uh, you know, Philly showed that they were, they were legit and so did Kansas City. And Kansas City's offense is so prolific when you've got Travis Kelsey at tight end who's almost unstoppable, it, it seems like. And if Patrick Conis can scramble, you know, they've got, I think, maybe a slight edge on offense. However, Philadelphia's defensive line is really, really good, and their secondary is really good. So it's going to be an exciting matchup. I, you know, I haven't got my, my prediction yet, but I think it's going to be a, a pretty close game, I would imagine. We'll run over some uh, some props coming up next week. That's always fun this time of year when the Super Bowl rolls around. Morgan Ayler's joining us. Morgan, ECU Hoops back in action coming up Friday at home against SMU. The Mustangs have only won three conference games uh, this year, two of those against Tulsa, the other against South Florida. So they have struggled against uh, the upper echelon of the conference and taking on the Pirates. Should be a winnable game for ECU tomorrow and coming off a loss, but a uh, a good finish to the game against South Florida the other night. Just could not uh, come back enough to get that win. Yeah, you know, East Carolina, their MO this year at times is they, they play competitive for 
for spurts, and then there's some times in the game where they just go flat and can't shoot a basket, can't yeah. make a basket. And uh, the other night they went through that spurt, but they were able to bounce back late in the game against uh, uh, the Bulls. And, you know, SMU traditionally has a pretty good basketball program. They made a, a change a year or so ago in their head coach and still trying to find their identity on the court. And East Carolina, hopefully they can find a way to put – put the ball in the hoop because uh, it's been a struggle since Javon's been out. Uh, RJ Felton's really played well. I think he's, he's an exciting player to watch. He doesn't necessarily rely on the three pointer anymore as much as he was. He's really dynamic inside because he's only six, three, six, four, but he can jump so high. So when he gets down about eight, nine foot from the goal, he can back somebody down and pivot one way. And his jump shot is just way elevated. It's, it's hard to block and defend if he can get that going. You know, maybe the Pirates can can get into a groove offensively, and they really need to get the home crowd into the game. I think that you know, Minji's is a tough place to play, as you know. When the crowd's really into it, it's loud. The, the fans are there, but you know, the last couple of games really haven't had a lot to to get into. Nah, just that last game, Morgan. They just couldn't go on a run. It was like we were waiting for it, and we were ready to get into it if it happened. It just never happened. Yeah, that was a struggle yeah. last home game. It was I'm going to put that in my <laughs> struggle. Uh, and as you know, doing PA for you know East Carolina it's baseball and different sports, you know it's it's fun to do the PA when things are going well. Yeah, but it's tough sometimes to make things sound fun and energetic when you're going through a, a struggle, as we will we'll call it a struggle. A struggle. Uh, but you still have to do your job, and that's that's the thing. And I had somebody say, boy, you you can calm down a little bit on the PA when we get beat by 40 <laughs> or 30. I'm like, no, I really can't. Nah, you got to do the job. You, you kind of want to, but you you know, you don't, that means you've given up and you don't want that to ever happen. Good times, bad times. PA is always there, Morgan, doing the job. That's right. PA <laughs> and, you know, the officials, good or bad. They, they, exactly. Bad ones. Morgan Ayler's joining us, Pirate Radio Live Line. Uh, Morgan, also, the bars will be crowded on Saturday because uh, it's Carolina Duke, and the college basketball landscape might not be paying attention to this one because it's two unranked teams playing on Saturday. But uh, folks around here, folks in North Carolina, will certainly be paying attention to it uh, as you got another one of those dates coming up tomorrow. You know, it's funny. I heard you talking with Brian North earlier. I did not know it was Duke Carolina weekend. Yeah, it's lost uh, a lot of luster with the way the teams have played this year. It used to be that was an exciting time, and it still is. I'm not going to tell you it's a big rivalry. It's a, they're seven miles apart, Durham and Chapel Hill. Seven miles separates these two blue bloods. Well, their blue blood is like tainted right now with like gray or something. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but you know it's still a big basketball game for bragging rights and. Both of these teams still have a chance to, to really bounce back and maybe make a run, not only at the ACC, but maybe, you know, NCAA, CIT, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's, yeah. I think both of them have a chance to get in the tournament, but they're going to have to really start playing one down the stretch. And uh, I don't know. It's just college basketball in a whole as a whole right now, to me, seems like it's lost a little bit of that luster that it that it had maybe five years ago i don't know what you thought what are your thoughts on that well it's just so weird i think at times we like uh, a dominant team or two uh you get to know the players oh I, I tell you too morgan in the last five years if you want to use that time frame you've lost a lot of legendary coaches as well 
uh so it kind of takes away the i don't know the, the the knowledge of each team the players all that but what you have this year is a lot of the blue bloods we're talking duke carolina but you can throw in there was a time where indiana kentucky uh all these big boys were out of the top 25 so it is a an odd year i tell you though it's gonna make for a great ncaa tournament and some weird brackets so i'm still into that i'm excited for that because there is so much parody in basketball this year there is i mean uh, you know I, as, you, as you get toward that i think one of the big things that's happened in the last five years is is the the transfer rule because now you know it used to be okay we're going to say we'll just say carolina for instance carolina would go out and they recruit six seven kids each year five kids each year and they're all mcdonald's all americans or whatever and they would stay at carolina for three or four years and wait their turn well these guys aren't staying there anymore even the Dukes and the Carolinas and the Blue Bloods are losing players to other programs because they don't want to wait their turn. And these, these teams are, uh, if you look at just about every team in, in the country, there's transfers on their team and they've lost transfers. You know, Jaden Gardner a couple of years ago went to Virginia from East Carolina. You know, you know he could have been, you know, in, in, if he'd have stayed one more year, probably a Hall of Famer here. Whether he will be or not, I don't know. He's probably got mm. the numbers to be in the Hall of Fame. You know, but realistically, he wanted the chance to go to play for a national championship, and he wasn't going to do that here. Yeah. Uh, and there's guys that say, I want to play in the NBA, but I'm not going to be able to do it here because I can't showcase my talent. If I get on the court for, you know, 35, 40 minutes a game at, we'll just say, Houston or whatever the case may be. But, you know, Houston's made a, a good living of the transfer portal and put them in the national spotlight again. Um it's it just, I don't know, it's its not the same as it was, but yeah. either is college sports as a whole, it's not the same as it was five years ago. Totally, uh, no doubt about it. Now, as you look at a team like FAU, and I'm talking about Florida Atlantic, the Owls, they lost their second game of the season at Ole Miss, and then they didn't lose again until last night. Uh, they lost at UAB, but I'm using them as an example of how does how do in the world does FAU go 21 and two, ranked top 20 in the country, and talked to Jeff Nadeau about it a week or so ago. He said they they hired the right coach, they hit the portal, and and it's probably going to be a flash in the pan. Uh, we'll see them next year in the American. I don't expect them to come and win every single game. It could be a one year wonder, but you're going to see a lot of that, Morgan, where teams kind of have a flash in the pan season because they found the right mix of transfers and everything. But the the stability isn't going to be there. But heck, I would take one year of that here at ECU for twenty bad years. That's just kind of the trend we're on anyway, right? So uh, it, it, it is it, it is a trend like that. But now, if you're uh, a coach at FAU right now, you say this is what we did last year. We can go out and get some more kids. The high school players that they're recruiting, they they've stepped up a level probably on the high school players that they're recruiting now because look what we did this year. We're twenty one and two. Won't you come be part of it? They may be going after a player they couldn't get last year or the year after, but now they're they're in that conversation when that guy might say, you know what, coach knows what he's doing. Maybe I can go there. The, and then what you got to ask, is the coach still going to be there? Yeah, you just got to win a few games. <laughs> yeah, so Winning cures a lot, and people have asked me what I thought of the new uh, conference alignment for the AAC with bringing in UTSA and, and these other schools, Charlotte, you know, what do I think? I'm mean, say football, for instance. If we go out there and we go eight and eight and four, nine and three in that conference year in and year out, people aren't going to care. They didn't care at, at Coastal Carolina when Coastal Carolina they won a couple big games, but they were 
dominant in their conference because their conference wasn't top to bottom really wasn't that strong. It was for three or four at the top. Other than that, they don't care. They look at wins and losses. And that's what people want. If East Carolina goes out and, you know, we start winning and regardless of the sport, people are going to follow it. Because right now, people want winners and they want teams that win. Football did did it last couple of years. It's an exciting time to follow East Carolina football. Cliff Godwin's done it in baseball year in and year out. It's fun. They sold out season tickets again. They're winning games. And I think East Carolina's on the verge of hopefully being in that top echelon of the conference. You win games, people are going to follow you, and hopefully recruits are going to come in. Just win, baby. Morgan Ayler's joining us, Pirate Radio Live Line. Morgan, thanks for the chat today. Have a great weekend. We'll see you at Menji's tomorrow, and uh, talk to you again next week. Sounds good. You guys have a great weekend. Thank you, man. There is Morgan Ayler's joining us, Pirate Radio Live Line. Shirley, let's open said live line up and make somebody a winner. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. All right. Case of Burr. Case of Bud Light Seltzer. We got the Apple Slices variety pack, including cranberry apple, crisp apple, strawberry apple, peach mango apple, and the Bud Light Seltzer cocktail hour variety pack with watermelon... Mojito, lime margarita, tropical punch, and strawberry daiquiri. That can be yours if you are caller number 12, 317-1250. We'll make you a winner. Come back. Hear what Mike Schwartz had to say earlier today after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Country Mart has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years and is your premier country store serving the best cheese biscuits and country food around. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903 and both locations are top of the line fuel stations serving shell gas including 93 ethanol free high octane gas country mart fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline and congratulations to sarah james a bell author was our free beer friday winner free beer friday brought to you by bud light every day especially game day is better with an ice cold bud light pick up some today at your favorite retailer bud light proudly distributed by carolina eagle distributing since 1989 and the official beer of the ecu pirates now back to the show here's flip nothing like some ivy league hoops on a friday early evening late afternoon it is yale on top of harvard 19 to 14 10 28 left to go first half on the buccaneer music hall scoreboard presented by da buck da buck Coming up Saturday, 4 o'clock, Menji's Coliseum will be East Carolina taking on SMU. Mike Schwartz met with the media earlier today. Let's hear what he had to say. Obviously, coming off of a tough road loss versus South Florida and, you know, disappointed with the way it went. Um, We came back in. We had a good practice today, and I'll say this about this team, and and I really do love this team and, and the fact that 
we really have had a good two weeks of practice, every practice leading up into these games. And again, it's frustrating. The results haven't led to what we want. And, um, you know, I, I know we are frustrated as a team, a coaching staff and the players, but the, you know, aggressiveness and the hunger every day to come in and get better, as we've talked about, is really the most important thing that every day we got to find a way to be better. That's where we are as a program. We have to find a way to get better every day. And the guys just did that on the court this morning. And so uh, pleased with that. Um, very difficult challenge for us with SMU coming in tomorrow. A very talented team, a team that's played one of the toughest schedules in the country, non-conference, and obviously we know what they played in our conference. Uh, they just beat South Florida here recently, a team that obviously we did not beat going on the road. And the utmost respect uh, for their coaching staff and their head coach, Rob Lanier, I think he's one of the very best people and coaches in the country. Having you know worked with Coach Lanier before, just kind of what's you guys' relationship like, and is it going to be awkward at all going against each other? I think you you know it can, you, you know so many people in this business, but it's always different when you compete against friends or someone that you you know that has been kind of like a mentor for you. You know, I was a young graduate assistant, and he was the associate head coach at Texas back in the late '90s, early 2000s. So he was as much as anybody really, as in, from a coaching standpoint. Outside of Coach Barnes, I was right with him, and I was kind of learning the ropes and seeing what he was doing, and he's one of the very best coaches that there's been, whether it's an assistant coach wherever he's been or as a head coach, you know, at, at both at Siena and now uh, Georgia State and then now at SMU. So he's like a mentor. You look up to him. He's a friend. I know his family. I mean, I, I know his wife. I know both of his kids. You know, Emery is on the team playing for SMU right now. So uh, it's like you're coaching and competing against family. So I think that's always awkward. But I just have so much respect for him as a person and as a coach. And, um, you know, I mean, it'll be an interesting thing. You don't, you don't get a chance to do that often. The rotation you saw towards the end of the game, the USF game, that really rallied you back. Is that rotation, that kind of group, uh, group you would want to give more minutes and maybe kind of that more so look like you're starting five moving forward? Yeah, you know, you're always searching. And when you're in games like that, like you think about the start we got off to, that wasn't that group. And we got off to a really good start. We end up up eight points. We're playing well. Um, then we have to go to the bench and do, you know, we have to. I wish, I wish we could play where we played all guys 40 minutes that were playing good the whole time, but that's not reality. So you go to the bench, the rhythm changes a little bit, and then turnover started to happen. And when we started turning the ball over, it really got the game going in South Florida's favor. They started running. They started making threes in transition. And now you're back trying to scramble, trying to find a group that works. And there's no doubt about it that that last group, you know, honestly was very pleased with their effort, their intensity. And, yeah, I could see that group being on the floor together, you know, quite a bit. I was going to ask, is it tough? You know, you kind of know what you're going to get from RJ and Brandon, but, like, maybe three, four, five, there's kind of inconsistent from night to night. So you almost have to have, like, the game to kind of fill it out a little bit. That's, that is the toughest thing with a younger, inexperienced team. What you just said, the word consistency is so important in sports. And, you know, that's what guy of all the things, guys get better skill-wise. They get mentally tougher. They get, you know, better at reading scouting reports, executing scouting reports. The true test of age is consistency. Experience hopefully brings consistency. And we're building that. And like you said, Brandon and RJ have done that. Javon, when he was there, was starting to build towards that. Then there's been some games where we say, hey, he's ready to turn the corner. And then the next game, a player might not be there. And that's what we're trying to figure out. And that's why sometimes the rotations look like they do. Because you can't just, I mean, you're looking down the bench saying, well, who can 
help us get out of this rut we're in right now. And sometimes that guy is David Kasanganai, who hasn't played in X amount of games, or it's Valentino who hasn't played, or it's Saxby, because the, the bench is only so deep right now. So you go to guys, and that's why the rotation can look like that when a team goes on a 13-0 run like, like uh, South Florida did. You talk about the guys coming back to practice and performing and getting better. <clears throat> Even in the games, they're, I mean, to the final buzzer sounds, it seems like they're very locked in and zeroed in. So as a coach, you've got to really like to see that. Yeah, you know, I think the one thing we can try to control is the effort, the intensity, the competitiveness, and how hard we play. And sometimes that's not enough. But I know this, no matter how good you play, if you don't have those things, and by no means have we done those things to the level that were our standards where we say, hey, for 40 minutes, we're at that. We have had some games, but you know, we didn't do it versus the South Florida game. I mean, there was that middle stretch where we, I thought, we lost some of our edge. You know, we punched out of the gate, South Florida punched us back, and I thought we got on our heels. And then it was back and forth the rest of the way. So we have to find a way to do that, even if we're not making shots, even if we're turning the ball over, even if another player gets hot on another team, somehow the intensity piece, the competitiveness, the physicality cannot change. And in practice, it hasn't, which, again, I'm proud of these guys and what we've done. You know, And every day, the coaches, the players, we do that. I feel like we got better today, but we have to find a way to do that in the games consistently. And then you see what the result is when the game's over. Uh, Zerg Phelps having a good year for SMU. What stands out about him and the rest of their team? Now he's a big guard that can handle the ball, and he can do, you know, he can get where he wants on the floor. He can create his own shot. It's so difficult. They're, they're dynamic playing off ball screens as a team. I mean, whether it's Phelps, whether it's Nuttall driving the basketball, shooting the basketball, they have a true post player, Effie, that they can throw the ball down inside, Effie Adeji, that they can get him the ball whenever he wants, and he can score the basketball. It's really a, a strong thing when you have a player that can score with his back to the basket. And he's very good at it. And they have players coming off the bench. I mean, they're a really good team. Again, again, Coach Lanier is first year there building their program the way they want to have it. But they have really talented players. And those three guys in particular are a very big challenge for us to deal with. Mike Schwartz. Mike Schwartz from earlier today, uh, meeting with the media. Chandler did not get a good question response from Coach Schwartz today. But uh, good, good effort out there. Uh, again, he is trying to squeeze everything he can out of this team who is undermanned right now with Javon Small. But, I mean, got enough if they can put it together to get a win tomorrow against uh, SMU, who is down. Get them while they're down. They have uh, been up for a lot of time since these two teams have played each other in the American. And uh, they'll have a chance to knock them off coming up on Saturday, 4 o'clock, inside of Minji's Coliseum. Take a break. We'll come back when we return. We'll talk uh, some uh, golf with Mark Greenhill's Golf Shop Radio Show. Phil Nicholson talking smack this week. Tiger Woods. Live versus PGA. We'll discuss that and more when we return on Pirate Radio Live on a Friday. Back with you after this.
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. It was a rough day for the stock market today. They closed, uh, the Dow closed out the week down 127 points at 33,926. NASDAQ was down 190 at 12,006 and the S&P was down 43 points ended the week at 4,136 that's your Wells Fargo Advisors financial report for a personal look into investing call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville Wells Fargo Advisors LLC member SIPC now let's head back in to the show here's Cliff back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Friday We'll head out to the Pirate Radio Live line once again and talk to Mark Greenhelge Golf Shop Radio Show coming your way Saturday right here on Pirate Radio. Greeny, how you doing on this Friday? I'm doing good, Cliff. How you doing? Doing good. A uh, lot going on in the sports world. A week away from the Super Bowl. Got big weekend of college hoops on tap and some golf to follow. We're following Harold Varner III as uh He is in the Saudi International, a tournament he has won and uh, just outside the top 10 uh, at last check for Harold. So following that, Greeny, uh, what what do you got your eye on in the golf world? What are we looking at this weekend? Yeah, there's a little bit of everything. I mean, all those live guys that uh, either got into the event being in the top 200 still in the world or got the exemptions in there. Uh, You know, there's been some back and forth with Phil Mickelson this week with fans. (laughs) Um, you know, it's always funny, Phil running his mouth, but missed the cut over there in the Asian tour event in that Saudi international that Harold won last year, I believe, making that huge putt to win that thing. So uh, looking at some of the live guys, Abraham answer uh, right up at the top of the leaderboard, Cam Young, who has been rumored to be a guy that's potentially being wooed by the live golf tour is in second place. So, Keep an eye on that as well. He's over there playing. He got a release from the PGA Tour to go play in that. So we'll see how that shakes out. But you also have the AT&T Pebble Beach, which the field isn't that great. you got a couple guys like Jordan Spieth playing it and whatnot. But I think the problem with that has become that it's a six-hour round of golf on three different golf courses. And I think it's kind of lost its luster a little bit. So they might need to do some updating to that tournament and see if they can figure out the draw to get everybody back but uh man i tell you what everybody's looking forward to the waste management next week which is going to have one it's one of those uh special events where all the top players are supposed to show up so it's been a madhouse there before i think it's going to be even more of a madhouse this time around and uh, obviously you got a couple other things going on dp world tour i keep saying but there's a guy on the dp world tour that everybody needs to pay attention to. Adrian Moronk. He has been playing so well. He's got himself a, a spot so far, probably on the European Ryder Cup team. He's just been playing well for like the last six months. Keep an eye on him. All right. A name to watch there. Greeny, you mentioned Phil Mickelson, and uh, I'll go ahead and, and eat the trash, as they say online, and, and talk about his tweets this week. So there was a, a tweet that said, if there was a Live versus PGA Tour team event right now in a Ryder Cup format, with Phil and Tiger as captains, it would be the most watched golf event in history. Um, former Patriot Danny Woodhead says, easily, I'm here for it. And then Phil Mickelson responded to his tweet 
and said, it sounds great, but we would dominate them so soundly and it would be over so quick the TV would have to fill an hour of dead time. That's why it's not happening. So uh, Phil gets a shot off there. A um, a person on Twitter responded uh, to Tiger said, come on, man, let's make it happen. And Phil said, tell him he can use a cart. And, you know, I don't know if this is uh, good-natured ribbing amongst golfers and friends or if this is Phil taking a shot, but uh, it is, I don't know, it seems pretty lame to me. Phil Mickelson knows this event is not going to happen now or probably anytime soon, so he can say whatever he wants to. And uh, like you said, missing a cut, it's, I don't know if he would even have an impact on that Live versus PGA Tour event if it actually did happen, Greeny. Yeah, I mean, you got to say that this is obviously, you know, the guys on Live trying to elevate their league a little bit because yeah. they have a stake in it. They want to be able to market themselves. So this is one way to do it. And I, I got to say, I'm on the opposite side of that. I think if they matched up, I think PGA Tour would crush them. Um, you know, you have Cam Smith on, on on the Live Tour. Beyond that, there was nobody else that was really winning golf tournaments consistently. I mean, Dustin Johnson, he went through this week, by the way, over in Saudi Arabia. So, I mean, it's just, I, I think between Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, Patrick Cantlay, Xander Shoffley, Victor Hovland, Matt Fitzpatrick, Tony Pino, Colin Moore, Kyle Torres, Max Homa, Justin Thomas, I think I'd pretty much, and, and even throw a Tom Kim in there, I'd throw those guys out there against anybody that Liv would put up there. I think it would be a blowout, and I think it'd be a blowout for the, for the uh, PGA Tour. <laughs> Maybe one day uh, we'll have that. I do agree with one point. It would be um watched by many bet on by many and uh, have a lot of interest have a lot of water cooler uh beer on the table at the bar talk uh going on for sure talking to mark greenhelge golf shop radio show joining us as we sit here early february greeny the clemson tigers still in first place in the acc they've dropped a couple of games but still uh right now in first place and now You've got coming up, uh, what is it, next weekend, that date with North Carolina that you you have circled. You're still planning on going to that game, right? I will be in attendance. I think they kind of blew it by losing at Boston College (laughs) the other night uh, because they have uh, Miami coming down on Saturday. Uh, So now it's really, to me, it was like, you know, between the rest of the schedule, it was like when you looked at the Boston College, Miami, North Carolina, uh, and Florida State, you needed to win – two of those and Boston college was the logical one. Florida state was the other logical one. If you could go three and one, that means you're beating either Miami or North Carolina. That's what I really felt like they needed to do. Now you got to beat, you know, you probably got to beat Miami and North Carolina and Florida state, and then kind of handle your business because you're, you look down the schedule, your second to last games uh, is at Virginia, the number six team in the nation. So you got to think that you're going to have a couple more losses in there. What does everybody else do? Nobody else has really shown, anything except Virginia. I mean, Virginia is kind of the unknown at the moment, but we'll see what happens. I mean, you got the big game with Duke and North Carolina this weekend. That is it really a big game because both teams are floundering. Yeah. Uh, big one for the Tigers coming up at home against Miami before that date with North Carolina. And you're right, Greeny, this is kind of a off the radar Duke, North Carolina game uh, with both of those teams outside of the top 25 right now. Greeny, uh, what do you think about the Super Bowl matchup? You got the two number one seeds, uh, Andy Reid versus his old team, the Kelsey brothers. First time two uh, black quarterbacks have started in the Super Bowl. So it's got plenty of storylines. It's uh, it should be a great matchup. What's your uh, early take on Super Bowl 57? 
Man, you just got to think that uh, everybody has been touting Patrick Mahomes as as the next GOAT, as the next Tom Brady. But at some point, you got to start winning some things. I mean, just getting to, you know, AFC championship games and and getting into two Super Bowls, only winning one. Uh, here's your third chance to get in there and get your second one. Uh, if you don't get this one, the pressure really starts to mount on Patrick Mahomes, you know, with the expectations. I mean, I, I've, I've heard comparisons when, you know, even with Joe Burrow already, it's like, man, you know, guys get in there. Do you start looking at like the Dan Marino thing where he was the greatest quarterback, but everything kind of happened to him immediately in his career and then nothing else happened the rest of his career. So these guys have to continue to win Super Bowls to do that. But man, I still think the Eagles are the better team coming into this. We shall see. We'll talk about it more next Friday when Mark Greenhouse joins us here on Pirate Radio Live. Greeny, what you got on tap for Saturday's edition of the Golf Shop Radio Show? Well, we'll check in with our man Bill Bender of the Sporting News. Then we're going to talk uh, a, a company called Man Cave Pictures. They've taken some old school golf photos. Uh, some of those ones that you'd like see when you walked into like a, a golf course and you're standing at the urinal and there's this old black and white picture on the wall. <laughs> They've colorized all these things. So We'll see. We'll talk to them, see what else they got going on. We're going to do a little orange whip golf swing training, uh, do a little training and fitness that you can do with that particular product. We're going to check in with uh, the Mizuno Golf Company and Jeff Crawford. And then we're going to line up next week's waste management with Pat Williams, the tournament director, and see what kind of insanity we're going to have out there in Phoenix. That's going to be a lot of fun. We'll chat with you about that next week. Have a great show on Saturday, Greeny, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon, man. All right, thanks, Cliff. Have a good one. Uh, Golf Shop Radio Show every Saturday, 8 to 10 a.m. right here on Pirate Radio with Mark Greenhelge and crew. All right, let's take a break. When we return, we will uh, get ready to wrap things up here on a Friday. More to go. Pirate Radio Live back with you after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. You can watch all of Pirate Radio's local programming on YouTube Live. You can watch Pirate Radio Live, of course, Monday through Friday from 3 until 6. And the Bud Light pregame tailgate in the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter on game days. Just go to YouTube, search Pirate Radio TV, click on that subscribe button, and while you're at it, click on the like button too. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Flip Brock. Uh, if you are a YouTuber and haven't yet subscribed, please do to Pirate Radio TV. All right. Um, all right. A couple things on YouTube going on right now. Robert Skipper, a.k.a. Brian Skipper, a.k.a. Skip, says, Skip is calling in. Look, we got like eight minutes left. I don't have anything planned for this segment. We're just going to wing it. I would love nothing more than to hear from Brian Robert Skipper Skip right now. So call in, 317-1250. And we're gonna, you're going to have your own segment. We're going to talk about whatever you want to talk about going on in the sports world. So call in right now, Skip, 317-1250. Eric has uh, some sad news on his new company that he talked about yesterday on the show. 
Yeti Spaghetti. His Italian cooler company, Yeti Spaghetti. He said, I have some sad news on Yeti Spaghetti. Last night's soft opening was a disaster. My robo cooler was last seen passed out on 5th Street with pasta sauce everywhere. And Mason Garcia is not answering our calls. Not a good start to say the least. Well, not every company just gets off to like a, a bang, Eric. So keep at it. Give it another shot. And Yeti Spaghetti will be a success. And, uh, and you know, we will we'll be proud of you because it was first kind of created by you right here on Pirate Radio. What do we got, Charlie? Hey, yo. Looky here. Looky here, cuzzy. He is on line one. We got Robert Skipper, a.k.a. Brian Skipper, a.k.a. Skip on line one. What's up, Skip? Clip, what's going on? Look at here. A huge, huge fan all through football season, through uh, whatever season we're in right now, and then we, we migrate to baseball. But enjoy you guys. You guys are a great team. Love you during football because I don't see how in the world you take some of the calls you do because some people don't know what they're talking about as far as football goes. But I enjoy you guys. You guys are so fun, and, and I, I, I laugh every day that, that, that I hear you guys. So, I mean, uh, you know, just a good time, and I appreciate your, uh, you know, your your laughter and enthusiasm because you guys are you guys are awesome. That's awesome to hear, uh, Skip, and we enjoy you on the YouTube and Facebook as well, making us laugh and <laughs> having fun every day. So we appreciate it, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, you got to come up here and take some of this triangle traffic. It's uh, it's one of a kind. So Where are you at? Little of uh, uh, I, I'm in Orange County. I'll say that much. Uh, I do I do work for a government agency with with lights on the top of the car if that tells you anything. Oh, okay. So, All right. So I try to get that out of my head. So so when I'm when I'm off or when I'm working, I've got time. You know, I I kind of reel in and, and listen to you guys so I can laugh. Have a good time. Yeah. Yeah, because sometimes you just with this you just don't have a good time. So. That's a that's a great point, man. And uh, glad that, that we can do that, and glad you can be a part of it, and. Uh, and try to uh, enjoy this life that we're living. <laughs> it, it, you know, I, I tell you, you meet all kinds of wonderful people, and then you meet some that, that you know that really need help. And yeah, you know, it's it's good to see you guys cutting up and the chemistry you guys got. You know, I, I, I really enjoy it. And you know, I got all my euphemisms when I lived in Lumberton because some of the dialect there—that's they, they would say "hen" instead of "here." Yeah, and then they 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 would say "cuzzy" and then. <laughs> and say over there and yonder you know so all the stuff that doesn't work grammatically that's that's what i use man that's uh that's kind of what i grew up with working uh (laughs) farming and uh the people you meet and the languages you hear i had a guy tell me that like this one certain road in winterville had their own language and talked different from everybody so uh it's uh it's fascinating i like it i can understand your uh your talk (laughs) well i won't like i said i won't keep you but I enjoy you guys so much, and thanks for letting me be a part of your your fun time. It yes, sir. All right, Robert. Thank you, man. All right, buddy. You too. Y'all take care. There's old Skip. All right. Look at him. Uh, that made me feel good on a Friday. Absolutely. Appreciate the kind words. We do try to laugh, have fun every day because, uh, A, it's a pretty cool way to make a living. B, if we, we've got to sit around and stare at each other for eight hours during the day, we might as well have fun doing it. Yeah, and uh, we hope you uh, enjoy listening, or we can at least give you a chuckle, if not give you some information, uh, keep you informed like we did yesterday with the Mike Houston interview, interview, or 
have a good time like we did yesterday with uh, name that sound mm-hmm. or uh, uh just uh our at regular sports talk like we did on today's program that's right and speaking of which we have another caller on the line okay who do we got this time we've got al philly al philly al, philly al. Philly al. oh god hey al what do you mean, oh, God? Come on, Cliff. I waited a long time. I'm glad to hear from you. I'm just, I'm, I'm not happy about who's in the Super Bowl. Really? <laughs> really? Yeah. You've been sounding pretty good, you know, acting like you, know, you care who's playing. Well, go I, 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 go Chiefs is all I can say. <laughs> I wanted to tell you something. Believe it or not, when I first started going to the Eagles games, was uh Way, way back. I'm 80 years old now, so it was way back, and I paid uh, $10 a game to go to Franklin Field, and I just talked to my grandson, and he pays $2,000 a seat mm, for season tickets. And to go to the Super Bowl, I, I I can't believe it. I didn't look it up, but he's talking $4,000 for a seat and uh, $9,000 for the package. Nuts. I've always said I'd much rather go to a home Washington NFC championship game than a Super Bowl because the Super Bowl is so corporate and it's in those giant stadiums now and you just kind of lose and I say this as somebody that's never been it's probably awesome but like being in Philadelphia last week which those prices were probably outrageous too but to me that would be way more fun than going to the Super Bowl. I just don't. I don't. Honest to God, if you if you have a family, even if you want to take your son, <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know how you do it. I'll tell you something. Uh, I was in the hospital for three days, and uh, doctor came in on a Sunday morning and said, uh, "Mr. Leonetti, you can go home." And I said, "Well, I don't really feel that good." And Monday morning he came in. He says. Is it true? I said, what do you mean? He said, did you stay Sunday night to watch the Philadelphia Eagles play? <laughs> I said, yes, I did. I said, it was quiet. I had a nice dinner, and I enjoyed myself. <laughs> he just said, what? I said, yeah, I stayed. It was, it was good, but I would rather go to a hotel and watch the game. I, there's no way I could even the, – the link is just uh, unbelievable. One other thing. If if Ehlers wants to become a Philadelphia Eagle, what do you think the chances are of him signing on with uh, Minshew and Linwood? Oh yeah, joining a couple other uh, Pirates there. Well, I think Joseph might be a uh, might be done after this year, but uh, no, nah, there is a connection there. And I tell you what, man, the the way he's been performing since uh, that bowl game, he, he's he's turned a lot of heads. I know that much. Unbelievable. Yeah, I. Yeah. I uh, I just read read about him. That uh, I remember the last time I saw him on television. He was he bought that van and he was going to travel all over the place. Well, my grandson must have read a story in Philadelphia, but he sold it. Who's that, Minshew? Yeah, he sold it. That guy's wacky, man. There ain't no telling what he's up to. Yeah, he's got a following, though. He's yeah, a big following, and uh, I don't know. I think the Eagles might try to keep him as a backup because they're looking for quarterbacks. Well, uh, Al, good to hear from you, man. We'll be talking a lot of Super Bowl next week, so uh, feel free to chime in whenever you'd like. Good to hear from you. Okay, good. Hey, you, have a, you have a great weekend, and I hope the Eagles win. All right, there you go. There's Philly Al calling in. Long-time listener, caller.
and uh he'll be rooting on his birds next sunday good uh good way to end the show and that's to right end the week with a couple of awesome listeners robert skipper and philly al great to hear from skip and al and thank you all for tuning in on today's edition of pirate radio live we'll be back with you monday three o'clock for an all-new edition delcor players lounge back open up on monday we'll talk to you then so long everybody Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.